Welcome to day three of the I Am Talk 2011 Kona Super Specials. Right, team, so welcome along to day three of the I Am Talk 2011 Kona Super Specials. I was pointing at John, I was doing the arm actions, he was loving it, weren't you? Loving it. Loving it. We're, we're actually doing this again, we didn't intro earlier on, but because we were recording so many different files, literally I've had, I've, in my edit I've got here, I've got about 12 different tracks, and it's all cut together, and I somehow managed to lose the intro, so it's a bit frustrating, but we're back. We're back. But they don't even know that, we're here. Yeah. How's your day been, John? It's been fantastic. How'd your really? ride go? Bit, a bit ordinary, you know. Oh, bit really? Of a... He's just got him from a ride. Yeah. How about your ride? About now, 25. Got a few hills. Pretty, it's a good solid, few solid climbs around here if you look for them. You don't really see them in the race, do you? No. No, not no. really. But no. I did ride up um, a road down to the sort of Kehoe end, and then I rode up uh, to the sort of Kuakini Highway and down, and then hung a right and went up Palani um, and just kept on going up there, and then went back the same way. So going up uh, Kuakini, you know, it's a little bit of... Uh, solid. It's not solid, but it's uh, once I've come up Palani and turned right into Kuakini in the race... There's enough there to, to tie some legs out if you're not feeling too strong. Okay, then with the I Am Talk Kona Super Specials, you actually need to bring your mic a little bit closer. Okay. Kona Super Specials are proudly brought to you by... Endurance Sport Travel. Endurance Sport Travel. Kim reads a little thing. We were talking a little bit earlier when we did the first intro that when a Kim goes to Brazil, he takes a... Th- oh, Ken Glass. Ken Glass. Who are you Ken. talking about? Do you know who that is? No. My father-in-law, okay. Ken Reed. Nice. <laughs> it's funny. I'll get him to listen to this. He'll get a laugh out of that. Um, when Ken Glass takes the athletes to Brazil, he does a group of a thousand people. It's crazy. And we were, you know, but, but he said at the same time, it's uh, you get economies of scale kicking in and... He's got all those different people who have been doing it for years and years, so actually it's a lot easier for him, and everybody gets even better service there because they've got uh, they've got so many different things they can do. And uh, yeah, sounds so awesome. So you're thinking of doing a trip overseas with a group and with a group that knows how to do this well? Check out King Glass and Sports Travel. travel. Uh, well, who's next? And we've got Audio Technica. Audio Technica. Now, I, I, the thing is, if you're at a welfare place and you're thinking about getting some gear for conferences or portable devices for recording or any of that next level stuff, check out Audio Technica because you've heard on this show how much of an improvement they've done to our sound quality. And they've got a product for every kind of need. So check it out, Audio Technica. And there's a link on our website, www.imtalk.me. Lava Java. Lava Java has been delivering the food and we're John's off. a happy man. Yeah, we're off. I haven't got any food highlights today. So um, we're about to go after Lava Java for dinner shortly. Quality, good, fresh yep. produce. That's what we're liking. Check it out. And O2 Creations. O2 Creations. And, give uh, us our t-shirts. We have lots of people loving our t-shirts. Lots of people just had, asking. Just had an email back from Eric, and he's saying, "Yeah, no problem. We can uh, we can look at doing we'll, some we'll, sort we'll of some sort of t-shirts in the future." Great. We'll, try, we'll hook it up and get you guys so you can get some t-shirts because they're really cool, and everyone's commenting on them. That's really great. What else we got? Regular sponsors. Athlinks.com. Uh, once you've been to Kona, you want to put on Athlinks so everyone knows just how great you are. Extreme endurance. Extreme endurance. The only reason you're going to get to Kona is because you're using extreme right. endurance. Let's be honest about this. And coffees of Hawaii. And Albert's been really out there today and uh, getting on the boat. And it's, it's, it's just, if you, again, later on the show, we talk about how the experiences of this week and swimming out to the boat. You know, everybody loves it. Yeah, man, they really do. It's you really know, you, you talk to people. Oh, what did you do today? Oh, I swam out of the coffee boat. Yeah, That's yeah. It, so yeah. yeah, so check out coffeesofhawaii.com. 
So on today's show, what have we got happening, John? We've got a few interviews. We've got uh, probably one of the highlights for me so far of the week has been the interview with Dave Scott. That's coming up today. We actually did it yesterday, yeah. um, but it's going on today's show, but that was uh, that's outstanding. Well, well, Dave's always great, and, uh, and he does touch on the book um, that was been written recently, and uh, I get a little bit frustrated. Mm-hmm. You get a little bit angry, don't yes, I, John? Yes, Not a Dave. Yes, you do. You, do, do, you do a controlled rant. Yes, I do. And then we've got uh, Yvonne Van Vlerken, who we caught up with uh, in the morning. We've uh, got quite a few little, like the stars short interviews, so we caught up with Yvonne yesterday, wasn't it? Yes. For about 10 minutes, and then we caught up with Mark Allen for about five minutes. We did, uh, I've, uh, what I've done in the show is I've also, we've got the media conference, mm-hmm. and I've taken some of the good questions out of there. There's, there's a couple that were a bit poor, and or the sound quality wasn't that good, so I've taken those out. John and I asked some questions, and, and we mm. were on fire, weren't we, John? Well, I, I tried to ask a funny one. We got a couple of laughs, yeah. but... Uh, You'll hear what Greek, how Greek treated you. Oh, you really? <laughs> yeah. You included that? Oh, that's not that bad. Um, <laughs> and then um, and I asked a more serious one, and then I asked the second one, which was really poor and went all over the place, so yeah, I, I cut was, that out. That was weak. Yeah, that was, wasn't, wasn't my sharpest yes, effort. Yes. And but then... Oh, sorry. Well, then we had a couple of... We had a chat, a quick chat with a couple of the pros and uh, Crowey. Yep, um, Crowey. And Crowey is actually really good, because when they do the, the media talk, it's all kind of, you know, above board, but Crowey kind of lays a bit of smack down with us. And... Because I, wa- I was going to ask a question about peeing on the bike in the press conference, but after I got shot down pretty badly for my first question, I was yeah. kind of chickened out and thought, mm, I think that's probably maybe, course, maybe this is not <laughs> the, the appropriate forum <laughs> for this. Um, and then... Probably one disappointing thing, we, we, we went to Marino Van Holnacker, which I wanted, really yeah, wanted to talk to straight and afterwards. He had a great talk to, didn't he? And um, some of the questions I asked him, which were, were really, uh, I found really fascinating, I, I said, what... You know, when you're on the bike and you're going to try to push off the front, how hard are you actually going? You know, you know, raising it from Ironman effort to sort of half Ironman effort, and he says, I'm basically going all out. And I said, yeah, okay, but what, what does all out mean? Does that I mean... Again, yeah, yeah, you know, does that mean you're going at your, your, your FTP? And he goes, no, I'm, I'm above my FTP. I'm going all out and going as hard as I can uh, to get away. And I've got about an hour's worth of that in me, and I know if I go any longer than that, I'm, I'm going to explode. But I need to get the gap, get away, and then I'll have some recovery, and then I can go again. But, but that was there was a lot of people around when we were doing those interviews, and you'll hear when we do Crowey, it was, it was quite a lot of background noise, but unfortunately with Van Holenacker, it was just mm. too much, and we just, you can't really hear him, which is disappointing, so we had to kind of cut that one. So then we have the media conference, and then we have um, Scott Rigsby. Scott yep. Rigsby. Yep, Rigsby's, uh, Rigsby. Rigsby. And uh, he's a double amputee. That's, um, we, we hear all about him, a pretty impressive man. Uh, then we go out and we go to the expo, and John and I just do a few quick interviews with yes. some of the people doing the expo and stuff like that. So it's, And then that's pretty much it. That's it. And so, a bit of a wrap up at the end, so it's uh, it's all go. Just one thing, uh, we, the other people we have to thank for this uh, show is, of course, the people who have donated to the show. Now, um, we say this every time we do these shows. The only reason John and I are here right now is that you guys want us to be here, and it's the people who have opened up their wallets and said, you know what, let's get these guys here. And so, if you're listening to the show and you're one of those people, thank you so much. And if you're not listening to the show, you can thank those people. If you haven't donated, thank mm-hmm. those people because they really are why this is happening right now. There's a few people who haven't had nicknames, and uh, we promised we'd get them in today's show, and we've actually done them mm-hmm. at the end of the show so and I'll put those up on the website tonight as well as I do the website so they'll be there as well for the people who haven't had the nicknames as well and lastly at the end of the yesterday show because it was such a long show we said if you've got to put supercalifragilistic mm-hmm. on Facebook if you're the if you're sorry certificate there if you're the first person to do that then you'll win a prize and we actually managed to scheme a bit of a prize today didn't we Jumbo? So we've got Macca's book yeah we've got Macca's book so who was the first person I'm just putting up Facebook well there's right a couple now. on there some people commented within a post and then a couple of other people just put it in so while you do that um, I'll just talk a bit about um, sort of what we've got planned coming up. Uh, Tomorrow is our last day of sort of the, the build up and then we are into the race. Uh, so uh, tomorrow, you know, we, we 
you don't get a lot of content out there because basically most of the pros say from sort of the press conference on, doors are shut, not going to talk to you, um, which is totally fair enough. Uh, so we'll just be wandering around. We've got a Bree Wee lined up in the morning and to get that sort of local perspective. Um, and then we've got uh, Terenzo, I think, lined up for Bob a quick, 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 and Bob Babbitt. That should be really interesting. And then we'll do some random wanderings around again. Um, we'll be out on the coffee boat. We'll, of course, be reporting in from the Wetsuit Aquathon Challenge, and we'll see if we've got any other takers for that, uh, it will be interesting to see. I've got myself a nice new pair of Blue 70 goggles. Okay, so I've, I've got Tim Bishop as the winner for the Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious competition. Did he spell it right? Somebody else said oh, well, spelling you know spell it. No, but somebody else did. Oh, well, come on. Can you spell? No. no neither can I. So no. just go for the people who can't spell in the okay. world. So Tim, um, email us and at imtalk.podcast at gmail.com and uh, John will arrange to get you. Mm. <laughs> anyway, here's going to be Dave. We've got a couple um, interviews from the boat and then we've got Dave Scott coming up. So, uh, rock and roll team. Okay, we've got Jim from Chicago here. How are you going, Jim? I'm doing great, guys. Are you, are you racing this weekend? I'm going to attempt it. <laughs> I call it racing, but uh, I'll get to the finish line with a smile on my face. Is it your first time here? It is, yeah. So, you're loving the experience? Loving it. What, what, what does it mean to actually finally get here? What's that? What does it mean to be here? Oh, it's, you know, you see it uh, growing up on TV and you experience it while you're here. It's it's surreal, you know. It's a great experience. You try to hit everything, but it's just so much going on during the week. You try to fit it all in. It's really tough, but I'm doing my Is it hard to kind of, you know, because we've got all these things, you've got to, you know, every day these kind of fun things to do. Is it hard to stay focused on your race? Uh, you know, it's more the, I've got a three-year-old and a six-month-old. And my wife, they're here with me. So uh, that's more my focus than the actual race and trying to hit all these different events that are taking place during the week. So I'm just trying to make it a good experience for them, too. Next time I come back, I'll get serious and race it. What about the um, the course being the first time here? Is there anything that surprised you about the course or the conditions? Well, you hear about the legendary winds. Uh, I rode up to Hobby yesterday for the first time. It was crazy. I don't know if that was out of sorts, if it was atypical or what, but I was getting wins from the right, and I'd lean into them, and next thing I'm smacked from the left. And You hear about it, but uh, to actually experience it, I've never felt wins like that. Welcome to Kona. Hey, well, good luck this weekend, Tim. Who do you think, what, what are your predictions for the pro race? Um, Kiwis. Kiwis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think Crowey, yeah, you know, he's, he sounds like he's in great shape. I heard uh, heard you guys interview uh, Maka the other day, and Maka was talking him up, saying he looks great. He looks stronger on the bike, so if he can put that bike together, we know he's got a solid run, so I think he can pull it out. <laughs> Come on, Chrissy. <laughs> I hope Marinda can give her a, uh, a run for her money. I think she can, but... Awesome luck this weekend, Tim. Yep. Everyone, mate, thanks again. Yeah. Let's start recording. Okay, we've got this all happening, John. Right. So, what's the psychology? What are all these? We've got a psychologist here and Mimi. Um, She's and they're all psychologists. Right, yeah. <laughs> Get it right. We've got a bunch of fruit loots going on here. <laughs> well, have they got all got childhood issues that they're trying to deal with? Wait, who's got childhood issues? All these athletes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> 
lots of pain, lots of pain among these people. So we've got Mimi here, we've got Ron here as well. Come on, we've got Madman Lord over here. It's, it's like a reunion of love. <laughs> Mimi's a, a mum, um, so how do you manage to balance, and you're, you're a working mum as well, so how do you manage to balance, uh, balance that out and still qualify for Kona every year? Well, first off, I've got an amazingly supportive husband who watches the kids every Saturday morning and sometimes into the afternoon, so... Got him to thank, and uh, being able to set my own schedule really helps. Ron, 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 come on in. Ron, come on in. Ron, try Venus. Is that how you Something's happening over here. Feeling about the race, mate? Excellent, man. Excellent. Been training well? Yes, it's been going very well, man. Why? What, what's happened? It's been so well. Well, actually, my my wife's due any day right now, so. Really? And you're here? And I'm here. So so that's that's pretty solid right there. Okay, let's say Friday night about um, ten o'clock at night, she goes into labour, and she says, "I want you to come home." What happens? Well, she's not she's not going to say that. She'll be in too much too much pain probably to say that. We'll be going through an Ironman together, right? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Iron Man's a hell of a hard giving birth, isn't it? Yeah, and I wonder why Iron Man always break up with their partners, you know? <laughs> hey, good luck this weekend, guys. Thank you. I saw Stephen Lord over there somewhere. Hey, Calvert. What's up, man? Test, test, Okay, who we got here? My name is Brian. And you, Brian, you're giving some love to who? What's that? John Duda. John Duda, where's he Latrobe. Yep. Pennsylvania. Yep. And you're racing this weekend? Nope, my wife is. Oh, nice. I'm supporting. Nice. Have you raced here before? Nope, I'm hoping to next year. And so the wife gets in first. Wife gets there first, oh, yeah. At least you get a, get a feel for what's happening. <laughs> so she'll race this year and hopefully I'll race next year. What's, what's the tri club back home? Um, Morgantown Multisport. Morgantowns. Oh, well, good luck this weekend for your wife. We'll see you next year. John, John sent me an email. Ian, Ian, we've got Ian, Ian, Ian Hursley. Are you sensitive to the fact that you're a little bit pale? <laughs> well, if I'm not sensitive about it, lots of people sensitize me to it. Because because we were doing the nicknames for the we're doing the new nicknames because you donated to the show for us to be here. And John thought of was it me or you? That was me. White lightning. White lightning. I like that. You like that? You like because I think at, I think at Epic Camp you gave me ghost or something. And, <laughs> many times on the schoolyard I was called Casper and all this stuff so I like white lightning a lot better white lightning's positive you know it's, it's like your speed of lightning right. well alright we're going to try and make that a reality on Saturday how are you feeling about the race? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good I'm yeah. feeling pretty good yeah the uh, the water's a little, you know the swell's kind of yeah. interesting but you know it's not that bad what's, what's the strategy for the race with you? well like just try and stay relaxed enough during the swim you know, try and get in a good pack, but I'm not, I'm not that worried about, you know, five minutes here or there in the swim because my event's the run. So, you know, save yourself to the run. Save myself for the run. Uh, you know, start picking it up a little bit toward the end of the bike, and uh, and just stay hydrated and as cool as I can. And then survive. You've got the um, Ironman Germany swim cap on, uh, so I'm assuming you went and did that. How does that compare to, say, a North American race for guys that haven't been to Europe? Um, so, uh, actually, my first few Ironmans were all in Europe. I did one in 1985 in Holland back in the day, and then I waited another 20 years. I did Ironman Germany, and it was a great event. You know, the, um, the way it's set up around all the little villages with everybody out, I'm sure Roth is kind of like that. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, it was a really, it was a really fun experience. All the kids on the side of the road, uh, asking for you to throw your water bottle, and 
it's just uh, and people lining the climbs like it's the Tour de France. Um, then, then of course the contrast is you're running along the Main River in the Frankfurt race, and there are all these stands set up where everybody's drinking beer, smoking, and, and eating sausages, and you can smell the, both the smoke and the, and the sausages. It's like, hmm, uh, you know, but, uh, no, but my experiences there were great, and I didn't do a North American race till kind of later on, I think maybe Arizona, and it's, you know, Arizona's a desolate course, and a lot of it, you're not going to see a lot of spectators out on some of that, so I thought, I thought for just overall experience the European races were just excellent it's awesome to hear well good luck White Lightning this weekend we'll be screaming you along go White Lightning hold on what's your, what's your PB here uh, oh I've only done this once and it was uh, I mean I got under 12 but this 2009 was a hot year so I did I think it was 11.52 so I want to smash that this year okay, if you smash it you got to get White Lightning tattooed somewhere on your body <laughs> <laughs> okay mate good to see you talking up we're recording now but we were just talking before before we came here and we're talking about Dave we've got Dave Scott on the show right now and we're talking about how like some people don't get how much of a the big steps you made in the 80s you know sub, we're saying first, how, first man to go sub, sub 10, 10 first man to go sub 9 first man to go, go sub, sub 8 and a half 8 and a half first man to go under 3 hours and first man to go under 250 two, two Ah, oh, that's that's pretty accurate for you, great historians. Well, you know, you've probably done your homework. Yeah, I mean, the first race I did was in '80. I think it was 9:24, and and um, that was on a square-wheeled bicycle, and uh, you know, that were pretty rudimentary uh, conditions, and very naive coming into the race. So, it's been quite a while. When you're at that stage, you know, the sport was so new, and so you didn't really know the jumps that were in front of you, whereas now the guy's going, well, oh, maybe knock a couple of minutes off, we're a bit longer, you know, in the evolution of the sport. But, you know, when you're doing nine and a half, did you really think that eight and a half was even possible at that stage, or...? Uh, well, when I finished that first race in 1980, I just said, you know, I'm, I'm so green, totally naive. And my first response was, I, I can go considerably faster. Oh, really? and, and forecasting the time, it, it really wasn't in my... Vernacular. It was just I can go faster. Where can I shave the time? I mean, I didn't have bike shoes until about a m- month and a half before that first race. Really? And uh, of course, if you ever looked at that vintage footage, you know I was wearing an old uh, gym shirt and uh, tube mm-hmm. socks, and uh, you know the, the technology yeah. has changed a lot. However, y- you know even in the '80s and looking at uh, the, the late '80s when we raced, uh, you know, most of the bikes were steel then, and the aero position wasn't as aero, and the, of course the technology on the bikes, and, and the road surface here in Hawaii, uh, I've told a lot of athletes, in the old days, there was three cattle grates going up to Hobby, <laughs> and it was pitted, the road was disastrous, and there wasn't one car out there, so we always think, uh, you know, the old guys, we had it pretty tough. What, what was the aid stations like in those days? I know you guys, I think, carried most of your food, but what about fluids and stuff, or what, what did they have in the, in the 80s? Uh, during the 80s, at the aid stations, they, they usually hired the, the local Cub Scouts, and, and uh, they were always <laughs> really? eager and, and willing and ready to, to hand us aid, but they were sort of dumbstruck and awestruck as the leaders would come by. And so <laughs> when you're trying to get uh, a, a bottle of whatever uh, from a, a young lad, that was a difficult task. So we, we missed a lot of, lot of aid passes. Way back in the early days, there was a fluid replacement drink called Exceed, yeah, yeah. and uh, a lot of the athletes used that, in, including myself, and that was kind of uh, you know one of the common beverages. But we made all sorts of concoctions, and people always thought more was better. Let's put the concentration level where it's thicker than molasses, yeah. and we'll drink that. That's going to really work. And so you know, we, we suffered a lot, but 
I kind of gravitated to fruit, which for me was manageable, but certainly not recommended. (laughs) And uh, initially started off with uh, six or seven bananas in my back pocket on the bike. Of course, the weight of the bananas alone was was phenomenal. And and, uh, in that cone of sun, they'd start heating up after a couple hours. And so, yeah, I'd reach reach back and grab that banana, and and it was pulverized like a uh, (laughs) blended banana. So that was kind of disgusting. And then I... Went to figs after that, and, and figs are kind of harsh in your stomach, pretty high in fiber. And, yeah. Yeah. and a lot of people, you know, followed what the example that I set, and they said, gee, Dave Scott's really figured this out. You know, he eats figs, and of course, you know, people imploded when they ate figs, <laughs> following my example. So I did that for a couple of years. Did, um, you know, at that time, the sport was, you know, you started early 80s, which was pretty much just a bit of a kind of hobby, kind of small bunch of people working at it. By the end of your career, the growth was, you know, huge. Was it interesting being in that time, seeing this thing that you started as a bit of a kind of recreational, kind of hardcore kind of thing to become, even by the end of your career, what did it come into? Yeah, watching the growth was, yeah, it was phenomenal. Uh, And I thought this is a California-based sport. There was a smattering of of athletes on the East Coast in in the States, and then all of a sudden we'd hear about uh, athletes from New Zealand and Australia, and they started venturing over and, and of course, the Europeans uh, took it very seriously, and, <laughs> and the Japanese. And, and you know, as the events spread, I started traveling more, and of course, the competition level just just soared. So every year, it was this exponential growth, and the competitive level obviously uh, improved exponentially as well. Yeah, I know. Last we were here two years ago, and um, I'm sure you remember the interview yeah. fondly. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Yeah. Actually, in, in talking to you guys, I, uh, I was really anxious to. Uh, hook up with you again and spend a couple hours uh, <laughs> on the mic. Uh, we, we, we were talking then about uh, where, where you were at and whether you were going to be able to, to race again. You know, like we've done a lot with Melina, Bevan and I over the years and yeah, those guns, guns are looking are good. Sensational. So, Melina can't let it go and, um, and you seem to be in a similar mould to him versus, say, Mark who doesn't really do anything and Scott Tinley doesn't necessarily, I don't know what he does. Um, but are you... Uh, Back, I know you're always working out, but you're back in triathlon shape, or are you going to get back here one day? Uh, well, that's a tough question. If, if they make all those previous wins retroactive to the compensation that the athletes yeah. are receiving today, boy, yeah. I'd start on that starting line. I, I jump into a few races for promotion yeah. in traveling, and, and I think I did three this year, including yeah. a, a very brutal half. Yeah. Uh, and I you know, certainly enjoy it. The gun goes off, and, and no matter how I set that race up, as soon as the gun goes off, I still have that initial inertia that I always had mm. in competition. And I can kind of put myself in that race mode and that race mind and and push myself to, you know, similar levels of discomfort. Mm. But to, to come back and, and race Kona, I mean, it's partly my obligations in coaching. I mean, I've coached mm. Chrissy Wellington the last three years mm. and and a number of other professionals and, and elites uh, as well. Plus, I have my uh, 20-year-old son who's racing this I year. And, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah, so, I, you know, I feel like, gosh, if I tried to race again, it would be really selfish, and I'd have to dilute the value of the time that I would spend on coaching. I wouldn't train nearly what I did. I don't have the passion to do that, nor the, nor the time to do that. But I, I know what it would take to at least sort of fulfill my ego Step of the line. So I didn't want to answer your question. Yeah. Uh, I, I never. Yeah, I guess I, I've learned over the years, the last couple of decades, you know, never say no. Yeah. And I'm uh, 57 right now. Yeah. So uh, I find that you know, when I, if I step into a race and 
and I can beat the 35-year-olds. And, and I never forget the, the, this comment that I just had in this half Ironman that I did, and I, and I struggled on the bike. Uh, was on the run and very difficult half on the end. And these two guys, as I went by them, they said, "Damn, uh, that guy is twice my age." <laughs> so that, that that was kind of a good feeling. I don't know if I'll be back. Yeah, and you must be a couple of years older than Melina then. Yeah, uh, Scott. Yeah, Scott's the baby of the of yeah. the uh, of the big four. He's about fifty-two. He's actually six years younger. Yeah. And uh, Scott Tinley and Mark Allen are, are within about a year's age, and they're, I think, three years younger than me. So I'll, I'll be 58 in January. What, what, what's the deal with the – we saw you endorsing the – not 51, 50, uh, the Hit Series. What's sort of the, the idea behind that? Um, well, the Hit Series is a, obviously a, a new series that's starting at the end of this year. The first inaugural race is in the Palm Springs area in California in December, and um, – a big venture. They've they've really have five different distances. One is a, is an open distance, very 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 short, and it's really just an introductory distance for people that say, you know, I want to try one of those. Mm. Uh, Hundred yard swim, mm. Mm. Uh, very very short bike and short yeah. short run. Yeah. yeah, a little bit a little bit of a teaser, and then uh, you know, coming close to the sprint distance, Olympic distance, half and and uh, full distance Ironman in all their venues. Yeah. So they have an ambitious undertaking. They have the financial background and they have the, uh, I'll say the readiness from their crew. The HITS is an acronym for Horses in the Sun. <laughs> and the, the owner, founder of it, yeah. uh, puts on these incredible horse shows. Oh, that's right. Because when we checked out the website, we couldn't figure out. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's, it's brilliant. And, and his production team knows how to put on events. Uh. He's also an athlete and he's looked at all the existing events and said, you know, I can do this better. And a number of things that he's going to do for for the athletes, including a spectacular transition areas where people will have their own little box and cubicle. They don't Mm -hmm. have to sling their backpacks all over the ground. They all put it in there. They'll be spaced out more for the spectators. The the food service alone is going to be unbelievable. Electronic screens and and also timing chips so you can get running splits of, you know, your friends, family, spouse. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think it's going to, in some ways, um, revolutionize different elements of the sport that, Aren't existing right now, and other people are going to say, "Gee, we, we have to we have to stay up with this." So, is twelve it races. Be a, a pro element to it as well, or is it more putting it on for the, the punters? Uh, the punters—that's that, a really good term. Uh, the punters. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to use. I'm going to put well, it's horses. My, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to put that in my vernacular. Uh, it's for the punters uh, <laughs> this first season, but there is going to be a pro element, and they really wanted to. Uh, make sure that they open it up for the amateurs, the punters, <laughs> in, the, in the first year and do it right and then develop an elite amateur and pro wave in year nice. two. Yeah. Do, um, looking back on, on, on the con, your time, I'm always fascinated who, how a competitor sees your other competitors. Who were the competitors that you respected the most when you were racing? And why, I suppose? Well, I think when we kind of look at competitors uh, and People would maybe guess or surmise that, gee, you must have had a lot of animosity or a vendetta against so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And, and even though I was obviously one of the first ones in this sport, I, I recognized the potential and the admiration that I had for the other ones. For example, Scott Molina, when he first started coming up and, and was sensational in the Olympic distance races, and he had read about my training regime and, and 
I said, no one can out-train me. Well, all of a sudden, Scott Molina was out-training me by about 30%. And I, and I would hear, oh, yeah, he, you know, he rode 600 miles this week and ran 90 miles. And, and I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I can't do that. And he's swimming 30,000 meters or something. And I said, this is crazy. Well, at that time, Moore was better. And, and then all of a sudden, I said, you know, I hope he does that for a couple more years because he's going to self-destruct. But, but uh, so, I, you know, I had great admiration for it because the results kind of indicated that something was working. And, and we were all trying to figure out what the heck we were, we were trying to do. So, you know, Scott Molina, Scott Tinley, of course, I, uh, I was always keenly aware of their ability in every race. It was always she coming to Kona. Uh, you know, where's Scott Tinley? Give me the splits on, on if he's ahead or behind or, or, or I'm ahead. You know, what's the, the time differential? And certainly Mark Allen. Um, I was aware of Mark uh, early on. We raced way back in 1982 in, in some of the uh, slightly longer than Olympic distance races that, that are in existence now. And, and I just said, you know, this guy's pretty, pretty keen. He's, he, he's fast. Uh, I always felt as though I had a psychological dominance in coming over here to Kona, yeah. and, uh, and, and that weighed on him pretty heavily. And, of course, we, we had an epic battle in 89. Mm-hmm. He turned the table that year. So it, not just those three guys from the States, but uh, internationally, uh, there were a number of athletes. I remember you know, Richard Wells from New Zealand. I mean, he, he was a big guy, and I said, my God, that guy can move on the bike. You know? <laughs> I mean, he's a great swimmer, and all of a sudden we say, you know, Rick Wells had a four-minute lead off the bike. I said, well, how, is that, how can he do that? <laughs> we're, we're riding damn fast. How, how did he do that? He, he was a phenomenal athlete. He liked beer, so I always wanted to make sure he partied heavily the night before. But, uh, so you were the first of the Maccas trying to get in the others' heads, ply the know, You were the kind of the Macca of that time, weren't you? Well, I, 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 I don't want to draw a parallel with Chris. He no, but not as an ability, but more just in the gameplay. Yeah, there, there, there was, I think there's always a little bit of gameplay, and, and uh, there, there's always posturing in sports. And uh, yeah, you know, if, if it's not there, you're lying, you're kidding yourself. And and it's sort of sort of one-upmanship, no matter how you could do it. And and uh, you know, people always looked at me like they said, "Oh, gee, Dave Scott, you know, he, he's really got it together." You know, he, I mean, he's he seems like he's got this background in exercise physiology. That's a good thing. He's eating figs, boy. That's a real smart thing. And, yeah. and he knows nonsense. So uh, when I when I kind of look back at a lot of things, that was sort of my psychological edge. If they felt as though. I had a 20% gain on them because technologically I was a little bit more savvy. But in hindsight, I, you know, I don't know if I had any anything on them at all. Did you ever smoke screen anything out there? You know, say to say somebody on the on the slide, yeah, I had you know 10 kgs of pineapple yesterday just to try to get something out. Yeah, any Uber myths that were true? <laughs> well, the, 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 I certainly remember one time when Scott Molina came down, and Scott was notorious for eating. You know, anything out of the garbage can. <laughs> and he could perform extraordinarily well. I mean, he always talked about, oh, yeah, we stopped at, uh, you know, the donut shop. And I had a dozen donuts, you know, a- after 80K on the bike. And I felt great. And I said, oh, that's a bunch of baloney. But it was true. And then, he, and, you know, he could drink a pot of coffee and, he, and, and, and drink eight beers at night. And he'd come out and he'd just smoke everyone. I said, this is phenomenal. So Scott did come up to my house one time. And um, w- we had a training day. And, and of course, at that time, I was this, the, the mystical side of me was my diet. And so I think I, I said, Scott, we're going to have a mung bean sprout, <laughs> tofu something or other. And, you know, and he didn't even know how to spell half the words, let, let alone have ever, ever tried any of the food sources. So I, I thought, okay, this is a good thing to do. I'm just going to make this thing so way out and so earthy that he's going to say, gee, Dave Scott is totally deranged. But there might be a moment where he's going to think, you know, maybe he's faster because he eats those mung bean sprouts. <laughs> 
So, th- th- yeah, that was that was quite funny uh, back then. Good times. This year's race, I mean, we're, we're still a bit green in terms of coming over here. It's only a second time being over here doing some media. media type yeah. work. I've got my badge here if you want to see it. Um, but we're quite excited about the race. We think, yeah, it's, it, it seems like an exciting race this year. Any, well, there's the favourites, but it seems like there's quite a few guys chipping away. The girls, obviously, everybody expects Chrissy to win, but there's a good handful of girls chipping away there. The, this year, how does it sort of feel for you? Do you think it's same old, same old? Race, what do you think about the men's race, first of all? Well, the men, I think the men's race is, is unique every year because... I, I don't sense there's as big a psychological uh, ploy with the men, and they kind of recognize their inherent skills, and they've got to utilize those on, on the race. And in the last three or four years, uh, rather than having that pack seemingly sort of stay together on the bike, and everyone comes in, they all think they're great marathoners, which they're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're seeing guys that are really aggressive on the bike. Yeah. And, and, and when it gets to about 120K on the bike, it, it starts to really open up. And you see people that are there that are consistently in the back, they're off the back now. And it starts to fraction. You know, you've got 12 people, now it's 10, now it's 8, and we've got three that are out in the front. I think we're going to see that this year because... In respect to the great runners, and certainly anyone who's who's won here, and and uh, you know, looking at Craig Alexander, I know Craig quite well, and I, I advise him on on his coaching and, and strength training, and, and of course he he's made a good choice with his new bike, and had a great had a great race at the seventy point three Worlds, yeah. which was a huge confidence oh, great race, wasn't it? Confidence yeah. build, gigantic, and he rode well, and uh, ran amazing, and, and ran well on a very difficult course, so. Looking at uh, Honecker, Von Hoganacker, uh, Marino, he's he's a brilliant cyclist. He's has you know an extraordinary time. Uh, Andreas Reyert, who I, I think psychologically was duped by by, yeah. Uh, yeah, by Chris yeah. last year, and a, and a great move by Chris. And Chris is obviously in the race this year. Uh, I just saw him very briefly. I think he's one that has got to think about that race he did last year for 365 days and said, that's not going to happen. Yeah, That is not going to happen. Those two guys have the potential, I think, to push the bike. They're very strong on the bike. Mm-hmm. And I would respect Craig and say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to hurt Craig on the bike, try to get a lead or take some punch out of his legs, and let's see what happens. And they're both strong runners. I don't want to take anything from, from on the run. Mm. So those are kind of my three top, top picks. Because last year, you know, Mecca, Mecca really took it to Craig and, and kind of got him out of the race, really. It wasn't really about Craig at all once he got off the bike. And, you know, obviously that's exposed Craig's weakness, and that's going to probably the line of attack that most people are going to take. What do you think Craig's going to do to counter that? Because surely, you know, he's, he's going to see the cards on the table. Well, I don't think Craig has a weakness. Uh, yeah, well, I, I think yeah, the, we, the, the inherent weakness that people look at is he can't ride as fast as I can. And, and it's all about economy. Uh, if, if he's able to ride within a couple minutes and someone's at a screaming pace, that 15 seconds per kilometer when on the run can be eaten up real fast. And all of a sudden at 10K, they've made up over two minutes. And that can easily happen. So I, I think his economy riding on a new bike is going to be a lot better. His confidence, his confidence is better. And, you know, if, if he has a weakness of the three, it's certainly the swim. It's, it's not the bike or the run. I think he's very strong on the bike. Um, it's going to play into his uh, hands a little bit just based on the 70.3 worlds. But in not diluting the value of the, of the other guys, they've got a 
really put the hurt on the bike. And they've got to do it earlier on and maybe several times even on the climb to Javi, test them on that. On the rolling hills back down to, to a Kauai High, that's a really hard, very difficult section coming back up the Queen K Highway. And you've know, got 30-plus miles on the end. There's a number of long rolling climbs. And, and all of a sudden, if someone gets a gap and they sense that, boy, the psychological momentum when you have that, it, it is huge. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, a lead from 15 seconds you know, over, over the last 30K can grow to three or four minutes. I mean, mm-hmm. it can be extraordinary. And, and I, if I was riding the race and I know I had all of a sudden 50 meters, 100 meters, 500 meters, I would just slam it. And those guys need to do that. Uh, you know, the, the three names you've named are the names we were hearing a lot of. But the only dark horses, you know, there's, there's lots of names in the, in the field that we can look at and go, well, see, they can still win it. Are there any people that you're thinking, you know? Well, I, I always look at the running times. I always look at the marathon times and historically off the bike. You know, what, what are they doing off the bike? What are they doing here in Kona? I like to look at, obviously, the other races, but what are they doing here in Kona? Can they run in the hot weather and, and with the psychological tactics that are played out on, on the bike? And, and last year was a, was a huge breakthrough year for the men. There were a lot of guys that ran well in the 240s. Mm-hmm. They are still way below their potential. Uh, you know, when I look at the top runners, there's a number of them that should be in the 230s right now. They are much faster than than, than I was on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, way back in 89, our actual run times, because they, they include the transition, Mark ran 238.59. It's listed as 240, and I was 239-something. Yeah. Uh, the ones that we've mentioned should be in the low to mid-230s. Someone's going to pop that off, yeah. m- m- maybe this year. So. There was a couple, uh, I think Pete Jacobs was one, uh, 241, 241, ran 241 off the bike. He's got to be strong on the bike this year. But, boy, if if you say, oh, he's not a factor, I would say (laughs) don't put your blinders on. He's he's certainly one to reckon with, and a couple of the Germans are quite tough as well. Do do you think we are close to that time where, you know, far out for years we've been saying, why aren't we getting under that 240, you know, forever, you know, back in the 80s, and you guys did it. But this year seems, you know, if we look at the records, this year we've seen some big steps in the records, you know, the the, the Mm. speed of the race. And, and you know fast courses but you know same courses everyone's been doing for years do, do you think maybe it's an indicator that we are starting to move into that direction well I, I felt that for a number of years I, I kind of look at the conditions and, and there have been a couple days here that have been almost picture perfect weather days I've never seen such extraordinary weather dead calm up at, at Javi coming around the turn and you know, a lot of times there's 30 mile an hour you know gale winds almost and they haven't had that. They've had pretty easy cycling conditions. And, and I remember talking to Mark while we were on the course. He said, God, they're going to go you know, close to eight hours. And they just haven't been able to put the runs in. Now, all of a sudden, the runs have gone down. I think the capabilities on the bike, what they've done in, in the other races around the world, particularly the European races, extremely fast. You know, they could pop off a 422, 23, 24 on the bike and run 238, and they're going to be flirting with eight hours. Yeah, it'd be awesome, eh? Mm. Girls side of things. Uh, Chrissy, is she uh, okay? Everybody's worried about her. Is she she okay? Well, I've coached Chrissy for three years, and... uh, Do you love coaching? Like, it must be awesome to have such a talented athlete to coach as well, you know? (laughs) You know, like, it must be, like, as a coach, that's your dream, isn't it? (laughs) Well, you you kind of framed that question. (laughs) Chrissy's a dream in a lot of ways. She is... has the most tenacious, incredible attitude, and I've only seen this on a small handful of the best, and people quite often, as you have framed your questions, who's going to win... 
there's only a few that know how to win here. You know, they can win Ironman or whatever it is, but when it comes to Kona, they don't know how to win. Uh, Chrissy has just a, a relentless, insatiable attitude to push herself, and this is a, some, something that we've tried to rein in. Everyone's fallible, and you get to the point where all of a sudden you're starting to break down a little bit. We've watched it very, very, very carefully, and she has had a stellar buildup for this race with the unfortunate mishap of, of less than two weeks yeah. race day and went down in a bike crash and sustained a number of uh, hard, heavy contusions, a lot of road rash, but really the contusions were the, were the huge factor. And, and two days after that race, there's no way anyone would have looked at her without describing her condition and said, you're going to be able to race in 12 days. I mean, she was a oh, really? mess. Okay, so a it, was, mess. it was played down out there, wasn't it? It was, kind of- uh, it, was play, it was played down, and I'm not, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it in, in any direction. I, I think it's important that, um, and she might get mad at me for saying this, but it, it, I think it's important to recognize it at, at that top level, hey, hey, this is the truth, this is the reality. Yeah. She's not making an excuse, but she's had to deal with so much emotional and psychological trauma and physical trauma over the, over the last you know, 14 days. Um, and I, and we're hoping there's, there's a couple glitches without mentioning them that, that she's going to be okay. And her cycling is stronger than it's ever been. Her running, I, I think everyone has seen with her races where she's been under 250 and, yeah. and, and, and what you do, you what know, you do, 244, 244. And she ran one of the weaknesses that she's had and, you know, we've always have worked on this is bringing back her, her last half of her marathon. She finally did that in Roth and ran 244. And, and of course, anytime she steps up the starting line, you know she puts the fear of God in all the men, yeah. because she, she, she's so yeah. damn tough. So uh, you know, I, how can I not pick her? And I think anyone else, whether I coached her or not, she she has to be the favorite. And and I don't want to dilute the value at all with Marinda. And, and uh, Marinda's um, intermittently in my swim workouts. I have great admiration for her. I like her as a person and and, and great character. And I actually said to her. Uh, about two and a half weeks ago before she was on, on route over here, before Christy crashed, and regardless of, her, of Christy's crash, I said, Rinda, I hope you have your best day ever. I hope you all can race to your absolute potential, and let's just see what happens. And, and, I, and I rightfully so, I cheer for all the best women because I know how damn hard it is mm-hmm. for them to, to be in semi-healthy condition to, to get through this whole year to, to race well. So the two of them are the perennial top two picks and you know i look at julie dibbins and and uh, you know julie's a very funny person great person wonderful personality i mean she loves ragging on me and in the workouts and she they all annihilate me they just love you know i'm good good for their ego because i get in the water and they kill me and uh you know julie's uh, she's probably the, the the queen of that of the, of the abuse that i take uh, if I take it whole, wholeheartedly, uh, she's had trouble with her foot, and she'll be the first one to tell you that. And uh, having to stop it, that seventy point three is while she's leading the race. Boy, that was a tough decision. Yeah. So I'm hoping that she has a great swim. She should be up there with the top men and, and really puts the herd on those women on the bike, and they're all chasing her. And and seemingly is is a okay with her high endorphin levels on the run and is able to to do well. Tell us, uh, obviously we've seen in the last week um, an, an open letter from you and Mark about a Can book that's coming it? out. Are you able to talk about that? And uh, we, I, none of us have read the book, so we don't... And we're not going to because you said not to. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, 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 good. Check all those off. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I wasn't going to talk to you if that was the case. <laughs> yeah. I, I can talk, to, talk about it to some extent. Okay, we'll, um, we'll talk about it in the way you can. Yeah. 
the, the book written by Matt Fitzgerald, Iron, Iron War, um, there was an advanced release copy on the book that was sent out to a, a media, and there were several statements in that book that uh, were, were totally false, uh, completely inaccurate, and a, a very outlandish <coughs> depiction of both Mark and I. And not our characters and not our personality. We were outraged by those comments at the fact that the book was released. Yeah. Uh, this was Matt's book. Uh, he had asked us to participate uh, in an interview process for the book. And there was some discussion about you know, previous histories that we've had with Matt. And, and collectively, Mark and I decided not to do that. So in looking at the advanced release, release copy... There was not only just a few objectionable things, we actually went through and found several hundred things oh, really? that were, were, were inaccurate. Uh, they printed the book uh, with some subtle changes, and I haven't seen the book, um, but we're not happy, you know, based on our legal advice on, on what was changed in a, in a very, um, I'll say, small level from what we considered an accurate account of our lives, our personalities, the race. And, and so we came out with a joint statement to the media and just said that we adamantly opposed the, the book. And that was done uh, this week leading into Kona. And, you know, frankly, we, we had to do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're not Prince Valiant and Cinderella. You know, <laughs> we, we, have, we have our own issues, but... Uh, and, and people can decide uh, on how we are as as people and, and our characters in the sport and so on. That's for someone else to decide. But we we know ourselves, and there's a certain amount of integrity that we have. And when the accuracy of our backgrounds is so dramatically twisted to a fictionalized novel stature, uh, that that's quite upsetting. Mm. But how did you handle it emotionally? Because, like, man, I imagine if I was in your situation, just anger and, you know, like, you know, how did you, you know, how did you kind of take that at first? Well, initially I, uh, <laughs> I had to deal with uh, lawyers and uh, with an accent that I had two and a half years ago. And, and so, I, you know, I, frankly, on that side of it and jump into a legal foray with anyone. I don't want, I didn't really want to do it. Okay. And I didn't have a, a chance to read the galleys uh, from the advanced uh, copy that was released. And all of a sudden I, I'm getting smatterings from that, from Mark and, and from a, a, a co-friend of Mark's who's a lawyer who now has become our lawyer and we have two on counsel. And all of a sudden they said, did you know that it said this or this? And I said, well, no, I didn't really read that. Well, take a look at the galleys and look at such and such a page. And I'm going, oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, this, this is shocking. And um, so, yeah, yeah, we, we were really angered by it. We were frustrated by it. Uh, there was an opportunity to rectify it, and that didn't really happen. And so we came out with a statement again. And, and it's, uh, I think hopefully there's... Uh, I probably shouldn't comment anymore so, about so the, it, but hopefully the there's going to be some result. The book's coming out, though. The book is out. The, right. bo- the book Don't is out. It. Well, we, I suppose it's the thing, isn't it? It's like these, these kind of subjects in the stationalize and, and they sell books, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I think as, an, as a community, we've got to support you guys. You know what I mean? It's easy just to go, well, it will be interesting to see what he's written about them, but if it's, 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 it's a lie... Because people want to know the story. Yeah, and this is not Mark right. speaking, this is John and I speaking here right now, but as a community, we want to support the guys who have created the history of our sport, and if, if you're going on the show and you're saying, what's in that book's not true, well, we believe you, because you do have integrity in our world, and, and so I think as a community, we've got to actually back 
Mark and Dave right now. Right. Totally. And so if you're listening to this, and you know what, because sometimes these you go, oh, you know, I'd like to see what he's written in the book. But if you're standing here and saying it's a lie, well, it's, it's you know, it's, it seems like it's a bit fictional. Mm. Well, I think we, as a community, we have to stand behind the guys who are the legends mm. of our sport and believe in what you're saying. And, and you give us no reason not to believe what you said up to this, you know, every part of media. You've always been very open with the media and mm. in the community. So there's nothing about what, you know, if you'd always kind of talk crap, and we'd kind of go, oh, this guy's a bit of a schemer. That may be a different story, but you've, you've always represented yourself in, with most respect, and so there's no evidence to prove that you would be that person. And so I think as a community, it's really important for us, and this is me just kind of waffling right now, but I think it's, it's really important that we don't buy this book, you know, because it's just... An, it, it, the problem is if that happens, then ongoing, then we're opening the door to more of this kind of crap in our sport. We don't want to become a women's magazine, do we? Well, I, I think, I think there's, you know, there's different ways to, to, to write a novel, but we're, we're also writing about history. Yeah. So if we're right about history, it better be accurate. Yeah. And the facts better be accurate. The personalities, which are Mark and I, it better be 100% right on. Mm-hmm. And and that's not the case. And and so we're upset about it. Of course, we, we've had an outpouring of, of support. And, and and frankly, in coming out with a statement, the, you know, a lot of times the, the in- intrigue about doing it is, gee whiz, I really... Uh, uh, you know, feel badly for Mark and Dave. I'm going to go out and buy a book. But the other side of it, from what we've heard, is, is similar to what you just expressed. That, well, I'd like to read an accurate a, an account, and I'm not going to buy that book. And, and maybe someday Mark and I will sit down and collaborate on a book that seemingly there's some intrigue. There's enough history in the sport, and, and that particular event in '89. Um, it has sort of stood the test of time, and and I think way back when, when we were, you know, trying to figure out how to race, it it turned out to be a pretty epic race, and and, and we raced darn fast. It's still the event of our sport, really. Isn't it? You look at last year's race; it was it was just as close as '89, but no one's going to forget remember last year's race ten years from now. You know, as much as that was just, you know, that that is. I can remember when I came over and did Ironman in like 2004. I was amazed that. You know, 1989 was still the event they were selling. Is, is Iron Man was selling as the brand? Was this is the still? And it's to this day, it's, mm. it's it's an iconic event. And so, you know, if you guys were to do a book, there'd be a lot of interest in it. But yeah, I think we've got to, you know, as a community. Oh no, I'm getting angry. Yeah, calm. Um, Rub my shoulders, John. Any uh, any Dave Scott things coming up that people will need to know about? Oh, Dave Scott things. Um, well, I think we you know we talked about the hit series. I'm involved with that, and hopefully yeah. that's going to do well. And um, uh, you know, I have a pretty active website on you know trying to help help athletes, and I don't just yeah. coach Chrissy Wellington, the top yeah. of the top. You know, uh, most of the people that I deal with, including uh, being a national coach for team and training, uh, are are really neophytes or beginners. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm not trying to plug plug you know my business. Plug away, mate. Plug away. Well, it's uh, you know I kind of I, I have a, a lot of things on my website that we're kind of revamping, and uh, you know I enjoy. Uh, having the opportunity to get in front of athletes, I do a lot of corporate speaking. I've, uh, as soon as I get home from here, I'm taking a red eye, and then the next morning, I get in the morning. The next morning, I fly back out to San Diego for for four talks. Yeah, really? So I, I don't even want to look at that right now and, and, and think, gee whiz, how, how I'm going to recover from you know this week here? Yeah, it's yeah. it's been a busy it's week, but week. I missed last year, um, and uh, you know made made a decision that I didn't really want to to be here for a variety of things. I think that the the new guy at the helm, uh, Andrew Messick for WTC, is a good guy, and mm-hmm. and I, one of the things that we kind of been talking about is that they they do recognize the history of the sport. That hasn't mm-hmm. been the branding of Ironman in, in the last ten or fifteen years, and 
and, and I think we need to, to look at it, not, not for myself, not for Dave Scott or not Mark Allen or, or whomever, but you know, let's, let, let's look at Craig Alexander and Chrissy Wellington when they're in their 50s. We have a history. We should, rec- we should recognize that history, and we should recognize that also with the, with the ITU uh, athletes that are just phenomenal out there. So uh, I travel a lot. I like going to different events. I'm still always open to... Um, to doing some fun things, and I have a camp that I've done a couple of years uh, in Boulder, and also one in Spain this last year. I'll have one in France. One in France. Rainer will be all over one there. One more question. Just women, you guys. I had, yeah, we're very selective on the clientele. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just, just one last question. You know, you're you're, you're obviously a very um, driven, challenge-based person. You know, you try, try to, you know, as an athlete in the throne. Once you stop being the athlete, where do you find that challenge in life? <laughs> Well, I've never really stopped being an athlete because I, 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 yeah. well, I, re- I realize that you know, I, I need to keep going just on an athletic level. One, just to keep my morphine-like endorphins flowing so I can talk to guys like you. <laughs> and uh, so you know, I, I still exercise with a, with a, with a passion. And uh, you know, it makes me sick that my 20-year-old son can drop me on the flats <laughs> sitting on his wheel. Uh, but I, uh, I actually brought my bike over here and uh, got in a, a, a quick... You know, 45k ride this morning, and um, and swam. We swam the course yesterday, the whole course. So that that, that, w- that was good. And uh, did you, you know, bring your wetsuit? No, I don't bring my wetsuit over here. That, that would that would be the wrong thing to do. Uh, I like a wetsuit thing. challenge. On we we had a stupid run with uh, a wetsuit on. So uh, run with a wetsuit on. Swim from coffee swipe well, right <laughs> and run to a yeah, lap jab and back with wetsuit on. I'm not into underwear runs and wetsuit <laughs> runs. I, I just, I just, I'm an athlete. Okay, I don't, need to be a, I don't need to be a circus clown. It was John's idea. It was yeah, John's well, John, that's that's kind of silly. All right, let's look at a real athletic event. Uh, good times. Well, thanks for coming on the show, mate. We always love you having me on the show, and it's good to kind of be able to voice, you know, this latest experience. So uh, once again, we'll see you again probably at some stage. And we're actually starting a new podcast, Legends of Triathlon, so we'll have to get on for that. Mm. We're going to get really in-depth about how much of a legend you are. Yeah, awesome. well, I appreciate the opportunity. You, you guys are wizards behind the mic, so uh, <laughs> hopefully we'll meet again. I'm liking the Awesome, thanks, mate. Tennessee. So we've got our Brian Lama, is it? Loman. Loman. Yeah. Where did I get the Lama from? Loman. So, uh, so uh, John was just uh, commenting on your Dez and Troy's happening there, mate. you got some pretty decent triathlon guns happening. Yeah, yeah. We got a 17-hour flight yesterday. 17-hour? Well, 17 hours of travel. And you're racing this weekend? Yeah. It's a bit close to race, isn't it? Uh, it's been a little... Uh, I qualified in Louisville. So, uh, you know, a quick turnaround. <laughs> How, how, what have you done between now and then? Like, have you tried to improve your fitness, or have you sort of just tried to maintain where you were at? Yeah, pretty much maintain. Uh, uh, first week, obviously, is just uh, really concentrate on the recovery, and then uh, then I start, you know, mainly doing a lot of swimming. You know, great active recovery, and then uh, started with some cycling, and then really the last three weeks is really the only running. I've been so what are you sort of feeling about the race? Is this your sort of uh, the icing on the cake for the season or are you out there to go hardcore? Uh, probably not hardcore. This is, my, this is only my third Ironman, so... Uh, well done to get here. It's like... Uh, is this your first time here? I'm a little overwhelmed still. <laughs> yeah, first time in Kona. Yeah. And you're loving it? Oh, absolutely. I couldn't wait for the sun to come up so I could actually see what's going on around here. <laughs> it's pretty busy out there, eh? So what's, what's the goal for this weekend then? Uh, obviously finish. Um, but uh, you know the the, the the terrain in Tennessee is uh, pretty hilly, uh, pretty hot, pretty humid. So uh, I think it, I think I'll do okay. But uh, at the same time, you, know, you got to respect uh, yeah. Hawaii. So the gods, the gods. You gotta respect the 
gods. Here we go. You know, what's, what's, what's Tennessee famous for? Is it Tennessee whiskey or? Uh, famous for? Uh, probably they fry like everything they eat. <laughs> uh, you know, deep fry anything. You know, it's all good. <laughs> there you go. Probably, oh, of course, yeah, of course. Yeah. Country music, howdy. Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. All right, man, have good luck this weekend. Thanks, man. You're all good. Okay, well, I'm loving it right now because this lady next to me thinks I have the most sexiest voice in the world. And, uh, John, are you jealous? She, she confuses you for me sometimes. Oh, she confuses me. <laughs> That's a problem. That's a problem. <laughs> so, we've got Yvonne Van Vlerken. How are you feeling, mate? Mate? <laughs> oh, I just love that. I have a friend from Australia, and the first time he called me mate, I thought you only say that to guys, but it's... No, we say it to anyone. Uh, yeah. When you say it with that voice, it's just awesome. Yeah, I keep talking. Hey, uh, so how are you feeling, how you, how you feeling about this weekend? Uh, you know, actually, um, people can't see it, but don't you think I look good? Sharp. Yeah. Sharp. I, uh, I gained a little weight. I was a little skinny the um, half of the season, in the middle of the season. And, uh, yeah, I ate a lot of uh, stuff. <laughs> and I gained some weight and I feel really, like, powerful, you know. And oh, that's really? the thing. Uh, yeah, I was doing this race for the fourth time. I, I should know what you need. And I think you need uh, a lot of power here. So I think it's a good thing that I a little bit more, more Yvonne. <laughs> so, so you kind of went into it thinking... Get, get your weight up a little bit, get a bit more power in the race, and it's going to help you hold on for longer, kind uh, of thing. Yeah, it actually sounds opposite of what a lot of athletes mm, do. Yeah, doesn't they get really lean, don't they? Yeah, a lot of athletes get so lean, and but it's just not working for me. You know, I'm a muscle type, mm, and mm. when I get too lean, it's just not working for me. I don't have the power on the bike. So, and when you, for example, look at uh, my Bismil friend, uh, Ronnie Schlittknecht, he's the yeah. uh, same type as me, he's muscular too, and when he gains, uh, when he loses too much weight, he doesn't have any power on the bike either, so it's just, we're just like that, and we need the features. Yeah. Mm. Swim's always a tricky one for you, has, has that helped you swimming at all? Um, where is your swimming at, relative to other years? Uh, you know what, the first year I came here, it was just like surviving, and I tried to swim with my boyfriend, on was swimming, and he just kicked my... But so I did a, a terrible one hour and eight minutes. Next year I did a one hour four. Last year I did a one hour one. So this year I definitely have to go below one hour, and uh, I'm just going to do that. You know the, the big talk with the females races now that with the less amount of male pros in the race, mm-hmm. that would be a disadvantage to a weaker swimmer. Does that concern you? Because I'm not a good drafter, so it doesn't look <laughs> like I swim faster when I swim in somebody's feet because I always lose, lose the feet, so yeah. it doesn't matter for me, it's all okay. How's your season been going? Uh, actually, not as good as the last two years, so I'm uh, expecting something from the last couple of races, so maybe I just uh, saved it all for the for the big one here. That would be nice. I, yeah, I don't know. I just... Yeah. In some ways, you know, it hasn't been the best year in comparison to what's been happening over the last few years, but in some ways, does it take a bit of pressure away? It does, because I have a lot of uh, less interviews than the years before. Uh, yeah, I don't feel so much pressure because they're not talking about me and I'm just like the dark horse again you know yeah. I like that I like that a lot so it's it's good for me I'm not a person that likes to be in the middle of everything so for me this is much better yes definitely do, 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 do you like racing Kona? Uh, I think the, the course here in Kona is actually uh, perfect for me because of yeah, the 180 kilometers on the bike here with the wind and partly flat so it's it's a little bit like the Netherlands just a little hotter yeah. <laughs> so yeah I feel pretty 
pretty good on this course and a lot of people don't know but we are here like four months a year oh, really? so we are like people almost like local people yeah. here yeah. so we feel like home here what time of the year do you spend here uh, for example we stay here after this race like the last two years we were racing Ironman Cosmo again yeah. the, the race that I won the last two years so we will prepare here on Kona for that one and like January to April we will be here as well, oh, yeah. well do you, and you obviously like being here I just love the place yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <coughs> all week we've been trying to get some, uh, some, smack, <laughs> some smack talk from the girls so is there any messages you want to send out to the girls how, how you're going to crush them out Vaughn's oh, too lovely I doubt this is going to happen so that's exactly the writing. I'm loving him even more. This just doesn't fit me. I'm too sweet. <laughs> well, what do you think about the men's race? What, what, what do you see happening there? Um, I think it will be like a really exciting race between Andreas and Chloe. Uh, yeah. you, you think it's just yeah. a two-horse race? Yeah, I think. I don't know. I think. I hope to be uh, runny. I want to have runny on the first place. You know, um, there was a race at the beginning of September challenge. Uh, Challenge Walsey in Austria and Ronnie and I both won that one so yeah before the race we agreed to both win that race so I talked to him about this one and yeah he was a little bit more careful <laughs> that so but yeah I would like to uh, I would like to put Ronnie on the first place but yeah I think Rowie and Andreas will have to fight it out we got, um, you, you were here by one of your sponsors a beach milk yes beach milk. yes what's, what's that about uh, yeah, I, I always have a hard time to explain it in English. It's uh, I will just explain it for people that don't know it and like in the basic easy way. It's like a product that has a substance that's the colostrum. Colostrum. Yeah. And so the baby cow. That's how I always explain. It. The baby cow gets this from get this from the mother cow, and it helps to grow and be healthy. Uh, with that, you recover much better. And of course, because of when the baby cow doesn't get it, it even it's it could be that. It, the cow doesn't make it, you know. It's really important for the little animal that it gets it. Yeah, yeah. and you, I mean, you find that when you use this as a part of your training, it helps to for your immune system. Yeah, really? definitely. And in the past, you have seen that I had a. Uh, some issues with my health with like lung infections and stuff and that has definitely gotten much much better but you have to use the product for a longer time so I'm using it for like four years now and definitely the last two years I saw the the most uh, benefit the benefit yeah. yes I'm going to be when I'm done oh I thought you, you were looking at me like you had a question I was getting rid of a fly um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then for the rest of the season are so you going to go back to Cosimo yes definitely yeah third time there yeah I just love the island and uh, the people like me a lot it's a hot race as well wasn't it it's very hot it's very flat and very 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 windy it's more windy than here in Kona so yes. it's so, so just strength kind of racing yep I like yeah. it a lot yes well good luck oh no Nary's got a question Nary's got a question uh, everybody's intrigued to know is, is the white suit coming out again this year on, on, the, on the race <laughs> <laughs> the famous white suit. Yeah, the white suit will be there definitely, uh, for sure on the bike. And uh, I have a new logo, so uh, yeah, you can. People can't see it, but it's actually on my back. So I would uh, like I'll to know. I'll tell you what you... it is. It's called Avon yep. Endurance Team Management no, no, Consulting. No, oh, Avon, just your name. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah nice. You've got yeah. your own own trademark. Yeah, yeah. my own trade. So it's, I like the logo a lot, and uh, it's just new. We put it on the. The famous white suit. Uh, I don't know yet what I will be wearing on the run. I think I will change for a bathing suit because I always run better with a bathing suit. So yeah. definitely that could be a chance that I will be running uh, yeah, nice. with, with a white or a blue one. I don't know yet. So. 
professional decisions, eh? It's, it's a hard part of the sport. It's very hard, but I think it's very important. It's like, yeah, I, I just like to look good as well. You feel better when you're yeah. looking good too. And uh, yeah, I always like to be like a little the same. I like to have, so my sponsors that I have, I have them for like eight years. I always have the same sponsors. It's when, when you're racing this race... You know, the swim is, is your weakness, you know, and I know it's getting better. But is it, do you race the tactics or you pretty much feel you're chasing all day? Uh, for me, every Ironman is like chasing because, okay. I, yeah, I know I improved my swim a lot. So I hope the gap will be smaller again as mm. I improve every year. Uh, still, it's just one big chase for me, but I like that. I, I don't know. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even know what to do when I would come out of the water <laughs> and the girls would be chasing me. I yeah. I'm not used to that. I like chasing. For me, it's really important that I know from my uh, people that are helping me that I hear which place I have out of the water and then I'm counting down, you know. Yeah. I do that with every race. So I'm like top 30, top 20, top 10 and then I'm counting down. I'm really chasing and looking where's the next one, where's the next one. I'm like a yeah. little tiger that's... Yeah, chasing down. Really Did you have one more question or not? You didn't. Okay, well, you have an awesome race this weekend. We'll be out there screaming for you. You'll hear us. You'll hear my voice. Yeah, of Go on, you know. <laughs> so, we'll get out this weekend. And I'm counting on that. Yeah, 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 I will. Okay. I promise. We'll promise? Little, I'll be the loudest. Little, uh, we'll get a little underwater microphone so you can hear it in the yeah. swim. <laughs> 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 it will guide me through the swim. That is something. There will be a 55 minutes then. Yeah, well, I'll claim it. If you put 55, I'll, I'll take the credit. Hey, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Great seeing you again. Great, perfect. Alright, so we're going to go over to Reynard over here. So Reynard, a few weeks ago, fifth place down there in Vegas, fifth place here last year. Oh, sorry, seventh. And uh, what's it going to take to uh, climb back up the ladder here in, in Kona? Um, well, obviously you've got to get through all these guys and, um, you know, quite a few others out there that are all gunning for um, the top position. Um, yeah, you know, for me personally, it's just a matter of, you know, body showing up on the day and, and giving it everything you've got. I finished fifth year last year. So, you know, I obviously haven't come here to, to finish worse than that. What would be the point? So, um, you know, trained the whole year and I'll definitely be out there giving it everything I've got. You know, if it works out, great. And if not, I've, I've lost nothing. Um, you know, I've had a great career. I've, I've um, slowly climbed up the, up the ladder, but, um, you know, it, it might not be enough to, to be right at the top and so be it. Well, that was nice to take the pressure off yourself, give you a little, you know, little pat on the back, give you credit. Uh, you're a very, very good athlete, and we know that uh, we'll uh, expect big things from you, that's for sure. Craig Alexander. Uh, so, Craig, you're, we know you're here to reclaim your championship. Uh, we know that you're one of the hardest working people in sport. You leave no detail uh, untouched. I wonder if you could take us through this last year. Uh, what is it you have to do, not just in terms of effort, but how do you get here to this point where you're fit, you're healthy, and you can put in that kind of effort that can win the race. What are the challenges and obstacles you face? Well, there's too many to talk about now, but yeah, it's a, it's a full year preparation. It's 12 months. And, um, you know, after last year's race, I, by any stretch, I don't think I had a bad race. I think I had a very good race. I just got beaten by three guys who were better on the day. Um, every year, win or lose, you know, I, I analyse what was good about the race, what was rubbish, what can be improved, and... You know, I think when you win, sometimes in um, euphoria of that, you can gloss over you know a lot of the imperfections in the performance. But I think when you get beaten and beaten pretty badly, it's uh, that self-analysis is a lot more honest. And um, you know, this off-season and this year, like every year, I've just tried to become a better triathlete in all three disciplines. 
I think what we saw last year was a very tactical race. You know, it's no secret what happened out there last year. And, you know, you try and learn from that, improve and, and combat it the next year. But, um, you know, I think the first challenge with this race and being consistent and, and doing well is just getting in great physical condition. Um, mentally being very, very prepared, being very motivated, still being fresh at this time of the season. And uh, I think you're going to see another tactical race, but every year is different, you know. I mean, every year I think you see a race and everyone thinks that's the blueprint for going forward, but every, every year is different, you know. everyone. I've done a few interviews this year and people are saying, you know, you're going to have to run 240 to win. Well, it was only two years ago I ran 248 to win, so it's very dependent on the conditions. You just need to be prepared physically and mentally for everything. Um, I think the standard of the racing only gets quicker. Obviously, these two guys here, Andy and, and Marino, I think we'd all agree took it to another level this year. 741 in Roth and 745 in Austria. Um, in my opinion, two of the greatest performances ever at this distance. So, you know, I think the level keeps getting higher and higher. I mean, for my part, I'm, I think I'm very happy with the year I've had. Um, you know, I've won four world titles, so every time I race now, I feel like I'm, I'm playing with house money. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty relaxed and just really looking forward to, to Saturday. Yeah, um, oh, sorry, shouting. Um, to say that I was disappointed last year is probably an understatement. I was devastated not to start the race. Um, but as an athlete, your responsibility is to get on the start line healthy and fit and ready to compete, and I wasn't. So um, I just want to give credit where it's due to, to Rinny and all, all my other competitors. Um, but yeah, it was, it was very disappointing both, and it was both an emotional and a physical challenge um, to get fit again. Um, I think I put a lot of my demons to rest um, by winning Ironman Arizona um, and posting a, a fast time there. And um, I think this year we've taken a lot of lessons from what happened last year in terms of my need for perhaps more rest and recovery than I had initially taken in, in, the, in the first two years of my career. Um, I um, was even more diligent about my nutrition, um, about um, taking antioxidants just to try and uh, make sure that we can ward off, I can ward off sickness as, as much as I possibly can. Um, obviously no amount of uh, correct nutrition can stop you falling off a bike. So going into this race, obviously I'm presented with a different challenge than I was last year. Um, and I'd be lying if I said that my preparation going into this race over the last two weeks has not been hampered and hindered by what happened um, just over ten days ago. But on the start line, I will be as ready as I possibly can be mentally and physically to race um, the race that I've prepared so hard for. And I firmly believe that the body and the mind are amazing things. You know, I've gone into this race and other races um, carrying a niggle, not being 100% or not having the most perfect preparation in inverted commas, yet I've managed to surpass my own expectations and achieve more than I've ever thought possible. So um, 
despite the war wounds that I am carrying, my spirit is not dampened and I will go out there and give it absolutely everything and I really look forward to a great race. Yeah, I'm, I'm not called uh, or nicknamed Muppet for nothing. Um, there's a reason for it. No, um, uh, Saturday, it was 24th of September, I was cycling with a few friends, doing our last long ride. About 50 minutes into the ride, I got a flat tyre on the front, which I didn't realise I had. Cornered relatively quickly, the front wheel went from under me, and I left quite a lot of my skin and a little bit of blood on, on the tarmac back in Boulder. Um, so I went to the hospital, to Boulder Community Hospital. They x-rayed my ankle, my hip, um, my elbow, nothing's broken. Um, significant road rash um, all down my left leg and, and obviously some, some bruising which, is, which has come out and, and most of that has is, is, is gone now. But, you know, I did miss some days of training and obviously w- was in, um, and I am, I am still in, in a bit of pain. So it has affected my, my preparation going into this race. Um, and I'd be lying if I said it, it hadn't. But like I just said um, to Tom, it, I, I do believe that the body and the mind are amazing and you can overcome many challenges, some of which you can prepare for, some of which you can't during race day. And I look, and I know this sounds cliched and kind of trite, but I look at athletes like John Blaze, many of the... Many of those have got far more severe physical challenges than my road rash, and I look at what they've achieved, and people would say that wasn't possible. So I just have to have faith in myself, in the preparation that I did before the crash, and have confidence that um, I can achieve what I've worked so hard for. Thank you very much, Chrissy. Um, Very nice political speech, and probably going to be the next Prime Minister of England. Okay, where are you from? I am talking. Um, Andreas. Where are you from? What's your name? New Zealand, and I'm Bivin, and I'm... Oh, okay, New Zealanders don't get it going, mate. Sorry. Here you go. Here you go. Andreas, last year you um, came second and probably one of the closest Ironman finishes of all time, and the year before you got third, you, you were so close to getting that key race. What did you learn from last year's race where, you know, the pressure was so on you guys? Turn it on, mate. All right. Does it work? Yeah, the question was what I learned from, from, from the last year. I mean, I've, I've done six Ironman races now, and in every single one uh, I learned so many things. And uh, I mean, I, this year I had a fantastic year, and I'm looking forward, I'm getting excited to, to get ready for the race on uh, Saturday. So it's kind of a bonus, which uh, keeps me very motivated to you know, to have a great day. When I look back, it was 2009 when I was running next to Crowey, and last year when I won the second place. These memories are still in my mind, and these are the motivation for yeah. for this year and uh, hopefully for the next years too. And uh, I truly believe that the power of will is the key to, to make your dreams come true, and uh, what I learned was that I believe in myself that I have the potential to be able to win this race once in my life 
Um, there's no guarantee in sport at all, and maybe I had my best performance last year or 2009. I don't know, but uh, I believe in myself and I want to try my best in the next years. Fortunately, I got the best support crew you can get. It's my brother Michael. Unfortunately, he can't start this year, hopefully the next years. So... Yeah, the power of will, I think, that's the, the most important thing and that's the key to, to get ready for the start and to get through all the good things and bad patches in this race. Thank you, Andreas. Uh, name and uh, media outlet, please. I'm John from uh, I Am Talk Also, you're the sidekick. And, <laughs> and uh, two for one, I don't think so. You guys, you know the dollar's sort of up right now, so you... Looking good. I've got a question for um, for Chrissy and uh, and also Marinda. You both got your, your partners racing. Uh, you've got Tim racing and Tom racing. Are we going to see any sort of wager between you guys for a combined uh, combined time? Mate, this is no bloody general hospital. It's, this is serious stuff. These guys are racing for five hundred eighty thousand dollars. You Kiwis have got no idea. Fair income. Feel free to answer that, Marinda, if you want. Sorry, who's Tim O'Donnell? <laughs> um, yeah, no, there's definitely a lot of banter in our household as to who who can run the fastest run split on this course. Um, I think we've got some some uh, case with wager on that one. I think we'll let Tim fill you in that one later. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just been a lot of fun preparing for you know the biggest race of the year together. Um, I think a lot of people look at it and and wonder if we'll both be able to perform. Um, I mean, there's only so much energy in one household, but I think for us it's been a real positive. And um, yeah, I mean, we're both excited. We're both in great shape and looking forward to getting out there. And there'll be a lot of trash talking on, at the after party on Sunday night, I'm sure, depending on hopefully I'll be doing the trash talking. Yeah, like Winnie said, it's it's been fantastic to be able to prepare for this race with with Tom. Um, I absolutely know 100% that he will outsplit me on the bike. Um, he's a, f- a phenomenal biker, so yeah, there's absolutely no wages because I'd just be throwing my money down the drain on, on that one. But no, it's, it's, been, it's been great to prepare together. Um, and just, just knowing that the person that you love is out on the course experiencing some of the pe- same things that you're going through um, I think will give me will give me a huge boost. Just just knowing he's there and and seeing him hopefully at, at one turnaround point or another, I think will will uplift me and I'm sure it will for Rini as it does when you know we see our family and friends by the side of the road. Chrissy, last year you talked in certain keys with your answers. You are fit. You are ready to go. And and this year you seem to have a different tone. How is your frame of mind different this year from last year? I mean, going two weeks prior to, to today, I was in the shape of my life. I felt incredibly strong across all three disciplines and, and, and confident coming into the race. I'd be lying if I said that the crash has had no effect on me um, physically, because it has. Um, so, I've, of course, I'm going to be racing with that, that little caveat um, and with the impact of, of the crash on, you know, on my body. So, 
Yes, prior to, to two weeks ago, I feel that I was physically, mentally in great shape. I haven't lost that physical fitness. It's still there. I haven't lost my mental drive and my this burning, burning desire to regain the title. But I've also got to respect my body and um, appreciate that when you have an accident, it will take its toll. So that's, you know, that's the asterisk I put over, you know, any, any question about the, the shape I'm in. I'm, you know, it's, it's an honest evaluation of, of where I'm at. But no, I, I still feel that I've got the mental drive, definitely. And, um, you know, fitness-wise, I'm still in great shape. So um, I'm just going to really going to have to dig deep and use all my mental and physical strength to overcome any pain that I might be in. And that might be pain from the crash, and it might be pain that, you know, you can never, you, you might never have anticipated. So, How you going, mate? You feeling all right? Yeah, mate, good. Just looking forward to Saturday. And there's nothing you can do this week except wait. And, um, yeah, no, I'm, you know, it's not like people you know, think I'm here for redemption. I'm, it's just another year for me. And, uh, I'm in great shape. I think I've made some improvements like I do every year. So it interesting to see how it all plays out. Well, she was taking us down, and we're going to go Kiwi bashing in the press conference. Yeah, it was in love. You know? I, I had my warm-up question, and I was coming ready for my second question, ready for you, but I thought, I'm not going to ask it. <laughs> we, we got our listeners that asked us. That we, we had a special feature on the show one day, it was a couple of years ago, about peeing on the bike. and It was, it was an all-time favourite. And uh, they wanted to know, what's the etiquette out there for the, for the pro guys? Because you're in a big pace line. What's the etiquette out there for peeing on the bike? Well, I've never had to do it that much, to be honest, but the etiquette is you go to the back of the group. If you're in a group, you go down the back. Oh, nice. And there's someone's drafting. That's a big, that's a big, big, long way to go back. That's well, it is. I mean, well, yes, and no, I mean, last year at the end, our group was only eight, so um, it's not something I've had to deal with too often, to be honest. But, uh, you're a gentleman, mate. Well, you know, last year I would have liked a bit of help, so maybe I should have done it on the front. <laughs> Get some of those guys off the back when the group split, but... It's really interesting this year when you talk to your run. You're, you're, you're the favourite. Like it's really interesting how you've suddenly been propelled back to the favourite. And, and but do you find that interesting based on the fact that Raylu had a great race last year, and you know he had a better race than you? And it's interesting that people don't seem to be giving him the credit. Like I know you you want to back yourself, but it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? Well, you know the media. That's how they roll. They get their favourites. And um, I mean, I I take it with a grain of salt. You know. Just because people make you the favourite doesn't mean you're going to win. That's why we run the race. So, yeah. No, Ray, that's a great athlete. Says Marina. I mean, I was trying to pimp them there a little bit, maybe offload some of the pressure <laughs> yeah. onto them. But, yeah, I mean, I've never done 741. Mind you, I've never been to Roth either, but that was an outstanding race. Same with Marina. So, I mean, in my mind, they are the two favourites. Um, based on last year's racer and based on what they did at the distance issue. I mean, what happened in Vegas is great, but it's really irrelevant to what's going to happen on Saturday, mm. to be honest. Mm. It's double the distance. So, um, yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, I think I mean, I mean, think we saw it with Macca. The first six or seven years he came here, he was always favourite. Yeah. And half the time he was DNFing. I think if you're a name, people just, I don't know. It's a sport with not many names as well, isn't well, it? Well, absolutely. Yeah. So people, I guess, congregate towards those names and pick them, but... I mean, I'm pretty sure those guys in their own mind would consider, consider themselves favourites, and they should be. Yeah. The, the question we have to ask is, last year, obviously, everyone kind of beat up you on the bike, you know, to get away from you because they knew you could run like a legend. We imagine maybe with the shorter field this year that may be an approach that people are going to go for. What have you done to counter that? 
Well, like like every year, I don't want to sound too cliche, but I try and improve in everything. Yeah. But obviously, I took a bad beating last year, so I went away and tried to make some improvements. And you know, I don't think it was so much the level that I was biking at last year. It was more the tactics. I yeah. I shut every gap for 60 miles, and maybe I was too quick to do that because everyone just presumed as the defending champion I would do it, and I did. Yeah. So maybe I needed to, to not do it. Because, I mean, if Marino goes, I'm pretty sure Andy or Rasmus or Aniko have a vested interest in not letting him go either, mm. you know. And, and let's, be, let's be frank about what happened last year. Macca whipped them into a frenzy, and they all thought they were all working together, but what they were actually doing was working for Macca. Mm. Because once the gap was established, she sat on the back of the group and got a beautiful toe for the last 40 miles. And that's what he's capable of. He's very tactical like that. And um, I've heard you know, Marino's been doing some talking behind the scenes. I take that as a compliment. I mean, if I'm so weak, and I said it last year, just ride away from me. Why does it take 10 of you to do it? Yeah. If, if I'm that bad on the bike, just throw it in a bigger gear and take off. Yeah. There's no drafting. I'm not allowed to, you know, it's an individual race still. And I'm not going to stick my head in the sand and think that partnerships of convenience don't form out there. But, you know, it was no consolation, but I did take it as a, as a bit of a compliment. You know, McElroy's banging away at my... Um, level of biking yet he had to recruit uh, 10 of the best bikers in the sport to help him mm. because every year he tried it alone he'd either DNF to end up walking or, or whatever so I mean I don't take it personally if, if that's what it takes I mean as I said I've made what I think are the necessary adjustments and improvements and I mean only time will tell her we'll be cheering you along go, go Crowley we'll be sad we've got uh, a legion of the sport Norman Sadler at Express right now which you can we've got a legion of the sport Norman Sadler in Express right now it's been a bit, of, a bit of up and down year for you uh, more or down yeah yeah yeah. so tell us just quickly I know you have to go but yeah. what, what's going to happen I had heart surgery three months ago and everything is fine they fixed my heart problem and uh, happened in training I felt tired and uh, I thought it maybe I'm 38 and getting old, and uh, uh, but then I went to the doctor two days after and uh, did a ultrasound, and they checked my heart and they saw the aortic valve was open and my the aorta was already by seven centimeters instead of two centimeters, so it was five to twelve. And the, but I fixed it. Yeah. So you're healthy now? I'm healthy. They say I'm healthy, more healthy than before. So they fixed the problem, and now my heart is uh, pumping correctly. And uh, but yeah, but there's no no chance that I will be back for uh, professional racing. I'm here to support my team, and uh, we'll do sport again. I swam this morning to the coffee bar and bag, and nice. I can run and ride my bike again. But. Uh, Another boy's coming in two months at home, and that's more important. Yeah. And how do you feel being here? Do you, do you miss uh, the competing? Not at all. I, Not at all. I, I oh, really? Miss, uh, no, no, I miss the sport, but I, I don't miss the competing. I did it 23 years, and I'm done. You know, I, I, won, <laughs> I won twice here, that's fine. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, now it's a new generation, and it's great, especially for Germany. We have good, good guys in Marino, my team guy, which I manage now. Uh, for the next few years uh, yeah I'm happy to be here and uh, I'm happy what I started five years ago with the team so now it's uh, not retirement but uh, yeah retirement from the sport as a professional what, um, what are your predictions for the weekend? 
Marino. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's my guy. And, uh, oh, he's looking sharp, isn't he? 7.45 and he's so relaxed. Uh, I never saw him so relaxed before. He's yeah. sitting at Love and Sharp and talking to people. So he's socializing yeah. for the first time. But, but he knows that he is uh, 100% fit here. Oh, great. Well, it was great to see you healthy, man. Thank you Thank for coming. You. John, who have we got next to us? Scott Rigsby. First man to do uh, Ironman on two prosthetics. So welcome. And, and a marathon as well. Well, actually, I'm the first. Oh, the um, I'm the first for the. Uh, I'm the first guy to ever finish this race this on uh, two prosthetic uh, legs, and then I'm the first U.S. double amputee to finish a marathon. Wow! Uh, there's been what a did you do first? Uh, I finished. I finished a marathon first, uh, March of 2007, and uh, at that time, no uh, double amputee that was U.S. born had ever finished it. And then, um, and then I came here to call on. Uh, three months after breaking my back at the Coeur Iron Ironman attempt, and uh, <laughs> wait, wait, yeah, <laughs> I had to break your back. Yeah, well, I, I had so much pressure building up that for leading up to this race, I knew I was going to do it October 2007. So I just wanted to kind of get this 800-pound Ironman gorilla that was kind of growing on, on my back, off of my back. Yeah. And so I, June of 2007, I showed up in uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I swam 2.4 miles in their lake, hopped on a bike, ran through. Uh, they're very hilly bike course. I got to mile 60. Everything was going great until I started to head down this hill uh, on my bike, uh, going about 25 miles an hour, and my chain locked up on my bike, and I flipped over the handlebars, oh, no. and I landed in the small on my back. Got up, wiped the butt off me, fixed my bike, headed on, and actually made the bike cut off by uh, 10 minutes. Uh, I uh, was in a world of pain, but I, I, you know, there was probably 25,000 people, and they were very excited about me. Uh, trying to finish the race and and i was all jacked up on adrenaline ran three miles i thought i was going to pass out six nine and then finally about 11 miles on the marathon portion of the course i was wobbling on the course and one of my friends who's a multiple ironman finisher and had several athletes out there she was coaching she came up to me and she said hey listen you can try to cut this uh race out and maybe make it to the finish but but you may further injure yourself and so I made a very painful decision at mile 12 and, and hopped in an ambulance. And uh, they took me to the hospital. And the doctors came back and said, hey, we found out uh, why you were in so much pain. They said, you have fractured one of the vertebrae in your back. Oh, so I rode 52 miles with a broken back and ran 11 miles in that marathon. And, and uh, so that, that's, that was my uh, first Ironman attempt in, uh, three months before Kona that year. And then so by the time my back healed up, I only had about six weeks to train for this race. How do, in terms of the prosthetics you've got versus, say, Oscar Pretorius, how does it sort of uh, differ? Well, in that he he is actually he uses a J-shape prosthetic, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. and it's it's been around since the late '80s. A guy named Van Phillips actually invented that with a with a an, an aerospace engineering guy. He basically drew that kind of cheetah leg on a piece of paper, and this aerospace engineer created the what they call the cheetah foot who all the sprinters use that foot when you say cheetah you're not meaning uh you're meaning like the animal cheetah or yeah no 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 <laughs> actually the the animal cheetah yeah. they 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 he would this guy that he who was always athletic van Phillips van phillips was always athletic and he just thought okay all these other prosthetic feet out there that we're supposed to try to run on are crap so let's uh let's try to invent something that you know mimics a very fast animal and uh so they came up with the idea for a cheetah foot and so it's a j-shaped prosthetic um it's very stiff so you would not want to run on it further 
400 meters. So, I mean, you know, the people that say that Oscar has a, an advantage um, leading up to 400 meters, he really doesn't. But they, he will never run past 400 meters because if he did, you would, tell, you would be able to tell that he does have an advantage. Mm. But it's only after 400 meters that that, that would be that, you know, be that way because that carbon f- heats up and it almost takes on a life of itself. And it would it would not not fatigue like a normal foot would. Yeah. So with your, you know, the prosthetics you've got, I mean, I know it's, you've had them for a long time now. Can you describe in any way what it's like for people with both with both legs? How it feels to run with prosthetics versus how it feels to to walk or run with with normal sure. able body legs? Well, to they're they're different in that they they're not J shaped. They're actually C shaped. So when they came up with, they're like, okay, we can't. A person can't really. That's an amputee can't really be expected to run longer than 400 meters on the J shaped prosthetic. So that's when they they figured, okay, if we curve the shape of the foot, then that acts like a, a shock absorber, not like this very stiff spring like yeah. a uh, like the the cheetah foot is mm-hmm. so they invented this c-shaped prosthetic device that's probably been anywhere probably the 13 to 15 years they've been working on it and there has been no advancement in that Since foot then. at all until the this year what happens is they actually those feet that you see any of the amputee runners on they actually they compress and they act like a shock absorber, but they don't give any propulsion. Mm-hmm. So just imagine like you um, taking the cushion of your foot and being able to, to cushion that foot. But what if you were limited in that you were not able to drive. to drive to to push off basically on the balls of your feet? Mm. Well. Uh, three years ago, I was contacted by this aerospace engineer uh, guy from Freedom Innovations named Roland Christensen. And he said, hey, I got this idea based on a crossbow technology that when these C-shaped, what if we put a blade in between the two, the in between the C, and, uh, and we actually compress that blade like a crossbow. So what yeah. ha- would happen is you would not only get the compression where you'd be able to take run for long distances but also you would actually it would mimic you pushing off the balls or driving forward Mm. and so this uh, they sent me a pair of them I broke broke them the first day (laughs) so we sent them back and then we continued that for about three years until I had had a chance to um, now it, the lifespan of them is probably about two months. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the blade it looks like a harp. Mm-hmm. So when you see me out there on the course, you'll see it looks like I'm running on two harps, mm-hmm. because in the C shape there's another primary, there's another secondary spring that allows when once that's compressed, then it's going to spring me forward. It's actually double my stride. So does it um, change? Did you have to change your technique much with the different you know legs? Yeah, I actually have. I've worked with a guy back in Atlanta that, that uh, um, he, uh, his name's Kyle Gay. He works with a lot of the Olympic athletes, and, and he run, worked on my running form. What I was having to do, uh, well, first of all, let's, let's go back to just a single amputee. Let's say I had my left leg was a sound leg, that it was the leg I was born with, and my right leg was a prosthetic leg. All these uh, amputee runners uh, are having to rely on their drive, the momentum of their body to actually, and the the momentum and the drive of their sound leg to to push forward, to drive, to drag 
their the 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 leg the prosthetic leg. Yep. So they're because pushing off there one is, just lifting the there is no push off. Yeah. You know, if they were to try to, you, you there's just no push off because it's not made that way. Mm. Where where when you know if I were if I were to put this catap the, the called the foot the catapult if I were to put this catapult foot on a single leg amputee. We would have to dial in the primary spring and the secondary spring, the C-shape. We'd have to dial in those two springs, or otherwise it would throw them across their body. It literally has that kind of propulsion. And so with me, with double amputees, when I have to run, we have to, with the C-shape, they don't, they don't have the, the spring, like the, the J-shape legs. But with them, we've had to allow on us to get momentum and because we have no push off, because we have no sound leg, yeah. so it's basically like you start off in sand and you try to work yourself out of that sand to where the carbon take the feet take over, and they build up heat, and then they're able to kind of go through momentum. But then if you were to stop at a rest stop, so I no, mean, stop no, at a, no stopping in the aid stations for yeah, you. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, if you st- most people stop at every aid station, yeah. you know, and then the, then it's okay. Let's start again. Yeah. So you're starting over from scratch again. <laughs> so you, it's almost like you're running a marathon interval. Yeah. And what, um, what's it done to your speed in terms of so you got a lot quicker? Oh, or it's not? actually double my stride. Nice. Yeah, it's double my stride. It's I mean, couple, isn't the length the length stride length or turnover? Um, it's done two. Th- it's done a couple of things. One is I've had to, when I went to this this running specialist, he said that I was leaning over. Well, I was leaning over because when I'm trying to run on those old technology, the old feet, because they have no propulsion, I'm trying to create that propulsion. Forward, I'm okay. trying to like fall forward so that those that carbon moves me forward. Mm. But th- with this, I if I move forward, I am really I'm taking off like a jet because oh, really? it's loading those springs. <laughs> it's loading the secondary spring and like just like a crossbow. The more pressure you put on it, the more return you're going to get. So it's improved my running economy. It's doubled my stride, and it's allowed me to just. Um, it my return on investment is so much more. It's exponentially more than the old technology. So we're expecting some records out of you this weekend. Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. I know. You know. I know how to use the foot. I mean, my lungs can't keep up with that feet. Right. Those, uh, those feet. So you almost have to control yourself a little. Yes, bit. Yes, yeah. I have to control myself, or I'm I'm running seven minute miles. Nice. Well, yeah. When, when you know the Ironman is a triathlon, so you have got the three different aspects of the sure, race. Yeah. yeah. As a double MPT, what what are the hardest aspects of the race for you? Well, I mean, it's difficult in that, uh, like, it to, I'm going to be swimming without my legs. Mm. And so we've had to figure out, okay, when I, in 2007 I used these kind of cups on my end of my legs. They didn't have any feet. I, I've always swam without my feet. And so um, they the USA Triathlon, they made a rule that you can use prosthetics or orthotics in the water. And that mo- rule, there's a new administration that it's actually came in the other administration got fired and and uh and because they were doing such a poor job but but this new one they may actually repeal that that rule but in the meantime so um, is it like a fin kind of thing no it's not a fin it's just basically this hard carbon socket they weigh four pounds each so not only am i dragging myself through the water for two and a half miles 
I'm it, the, the each of these cups, these carbon cups, just to protect my legs. Me do allow me the ability once I exit the water to be able oh, to walk to okay. transition to okay. walk on them. So you're going to spend the whole time walk. with them on. Well, I would, I would, but then they had uh, there was this rule that they, we couldn't use prosthetics and orthotics actually in the water, and so I was like, okay, well, I'll just walk on my knees. So right now I'm going to have to um, put kind of extra padding. I got permission to put extra padding on my knees um, to actually be able to exit the water. So I'm going to have to walk for 25 yards on my knees to the transition tent. I'm going to have to get one of the handlers to actually be behind me so that somebody doesn't you know, yeah. run over me from behind or yeah. doesn't trip them So for safety purposes. But you know, that, that's things that you know, able-bodied athletes don't have to think about. Okay, well, I just get out of the water. I mm-hmm. run to the transition tent. I change, blah, blah, blah. Feed, where you go. Yeah, you know, and so I've got to make sure that I you know, navigate out of the water without somebody running over me and me running over somebody else. And then get to the tent, then I actually change into a pair of running, uh, I mean, a pair of cycling uh, prosthetics. These are um, a prototype kind of feet. They have a fairing on the front of them. They, if, you, if you see them, uh, if you go to my Facebook page and you can see actually a, a copy of them, uh, that they, uh, they have, um, they're like, like deer legs. They're like, uh, I look like a little minotaur mm-hmm. in that they come down, they're very skinny and they come down, they're very aerodynamic, a lot mm-hmm. like the super bikes. Um, and in the back, they have a vacuum-type system. So my legs actually go into a heart. They're off, both are, of them are all four inches below each knee. I put my legs into like these carbon like cups, like, and then I uh, slide a sleeve up up to my probably mid thigh, and that creates air into the, in that carbon socket. And then the air is actually there's an electronic pump underneath the the this carbon cup that my legs go into, and I turn on a button and that pulls out all the air. I vacuum lock myself uh, into okay. the sockets. That's how these legs are actually held on. Well, that wasn't invented until about two two years ago, and it's actually waterproof. So not only will it it handle holding on the leg but it will actually handle the sweat management that's actually inside the socket that actually occurs because if you think about it like my legs they have no way to expel you know to get rid of mm. this uh, sweat that's building up especially when you're uh, in, yeah. in Hawaii because yeah, that totally. used to be a big issue for the outfit for guys um, on their stumps sort of blistering and bleeding oh and yeah yeah I've poured out cups and cups of blood I mean I've run a marathon in four, five hours and 45 minutes was pouring out cups of blood on my legs so i mean you know it's what you know that was the the problem a couple years ago but then they came out with uh we have a couple of uh prosthetic advancements and that like on the running feed that i'm using uh the catapults the sockets actually are made out of a flexible carbon it was so they it mimics your your knee your knee actually is able to take a certain amount of cushion cushioning the blow from running well amputees they basically have the you know get the hell beat out of them because that carbon's been so stiff and rigid and it doesn't give where i have a kind of a a cup that goes over my leg that's thermoplastic it's very soft tissue and and then it goes into this um carbon uh kind of hard shell and then that shell is actually flexible so when i actually run it's almost like i have two springs i have a spring on my foot and i have a spring around my knee 
you know, very very much like any able-bodied runner. It sounds like there's a lot of technology going into this area, you know, like you're saying that for like 15 years nothing was happening and it seems recently a lot more shift is moving towards you guys getting better technology. Well, that's the reason I'm here. I mean, just in the United States, there's too many people that are, are you know, faced limb loss of some type. And so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to use this race as a platform exposure. to, yeah, exposure to, to really the technology that's out there, make the make some private uh you know, companies uh, take notice and hopefully, you know, be able to use, you know, make that technology affordable. Uh, for well, what are you paying right now for what your, your legs you got on? Or oh, it can be racing? from anywhere from twenty-five dollars to $30,000 oh, wow. for a pair. That's a lot yeah, of money. so if you think about, I'm walking in on a $30,000 pair of legs. Yep. I bike in a pair of $30,000 legs yeah. and I run in a pair of $30,000 I've got almost $100,000 worth of equipment and I've got backup you got your I've, bike well I've actually got <laughs> I've actually got backup legs so I've got you know um, $150,000 worth of equipment in that uh, transition tent so don't tell anybody yeah. just, uh, just if you take if you take out the race $110,000 uh, prize yeah. money first place exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just sell the just auction off the legs it's yeah. funny when you got yeah. you, you got your legs and you can obviously make yourself your height you want to be. Yeah. Well, what happened is I had my legs off at two different times. I was injured in an accident, and uh, the doctors wanted to take off both my legs at the same time. But my parents, because I was an athlete, they begged them and said, "Don't, please don't take off his legs. So they said, okay, one of them's not even there. So we're going to have to take off his leg. It was about four or five inches below the right knee. They took it off. Then I had eight surgeries in six weeks, 17 a year. And then over the course of 12 years, I had 25 surgeries trying to salvage this left leg. And then finally, I got tired of being a professional patient. I chose to take it off. Six weeks later, from the time that I had a surgery, I was up and running. Didn't have a reason to run, but, uh, you know, I could run, and I was scaring all the patients in the rehab center. So, but when at the time they, they said, okay, how my processes at the time when I had the second leg off, he said, well, okay, well, how, you know, how, how tall do you want to be? Because at that time I could, yeah. I could choose it however tall I want to be. Yeah. And my brother, my oldest brother, he when he was 18 years old, I got hurt two months out of high school. So when I was 18 years old, the the uh, I, you know here I was hurt. I couldn't I couldn't grow, hit any growth spurt. But he had a growth spurt, and he grew like three inches. So I wasn't going to let that clown be taller <laughs> than me. So I decided to jack myself up one inch taller than him. So I'm six foot one. He's six foot, and he has to look at me at me at holidays. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a bit about your journey um, from your accident. You were, you were 18, um, I believe, when it happened. And yep. obviously, you know, you're saying you went through years and years of surgery. Um, did you have some deep, dark times? And, and, and if so, how did you sort of get out of those? Or how, what, how was Yeah, that? I mean, I had, I had uh, several dark times. I mean, I went through, when I had my accident, uh, most people think the worst thing that ever happened to me was that I, I lost my lower legs below my knee but really it was a traumatic brain injury a lot like like our soldiers that are coming back from the war you know most people see that probably 3,000 soldiers that have in this current conflict that have come back as amputees but they don't see the 25,000 a year that have come back as and suffering from some type of traumatic brain injury well it, this was 1986 so they didn't really know what was going on they didn't test for um, traumatic brain injury and so I went through all some crazy dark times and and did a lot of foolish stuff and 
And then finally, I went to uh, I got the right medical help and went through different types of cognitive therapy, went through different types of counseling sessions, and was able to to manage that. So when I go to the visit these military hospitals, that's the one thing that I feel like that I can offer them more than you know the latest greatest in prosthetics is really uh, coping skills for managing a traumatic brain injury it's really fascinating right now with the brain injury stuff i know with american football or gridiron um you know it seems to be a real big issue with um, players with the playing and they even talking yeah. about soccer with hitting the ball now and it seems mm-hmm. to be there's a lot more this kind of research going into you know how we should be treating our head more safely in the, in the mm-hmm. work in sport in particular i suppose but i suppose for soldiers as well yeah definitely well, a lot of what's happening is the soldiers are in one of these vehicles. They get hit by a roadside bomb, and it literally will flip over the vehicle. Well, they get knocked out, and they don't really think anything about it. Because, I mean, I've been kind of knocked out playing mm. American football before when I was young, and I didn't think anything about it. Mm. But that, that's, that, well, that's what it really starts, kind of if you don't allow the brain to kind of heal, heal yeah. at that time then you start to do more and more damage to, to the brain. And so that um, that's what was happening. I, I, as a child, I mean, my dad said you could split my head open and a baseball would fall out, a basketball would fall out, a baseball would fall out, and all these sports, you know, balls would fall out. And so I grew up, you know, uh, really admiring and, and kind of almost worshipping a lot of these guys that were heroes, and my heroes now are killing themselves yeah. because they've, you know, been in this very brutal sport of American football, and and they ram their bodies into each other. And they're, uh, to the credit of the NFL, they're actually now kind of having to step up and say, okay, this is a problem. Mm. We've lost a lot of Hall of Famers to suicides, and yeah, and, there's, and, a, there's yeah. a player who shot himself in the chest, wasn't there? So they could research his brain. And, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I think I think it was, was one of those guys. Yeah, I did that. And then you know, the, one of the famous guys was uh, Mike Webster. He played for the the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was a center for them, uh, and lineman. And and he you know basically ended up uh, dying. And and they mm-hmm. they took his brain. And and there's one center here at, uh, in in the United States that really specializes on studying the these these brains from these with, contacts. With, with your um, you're saying you know that it was the, the effect that you didn't kind of get diagnosed at the time how did you overcome that or was it more just accepting well allowing, no no what was... happened was it really came to to you know my friends coming out to me basically not in an intervention so much but realizing that when uh you know i i know this is going to sound crazy but saying things inappropriate or or in social settings um not having a filter Yep. And going, well, why did I say that? I didn't mean to say that. And yeah. then what I write about my book, I, uh, I talk about how I uh, went, into, I, um, went into a store and I bought a shirt. And I thought, wow, I like that shirt. It was a red shirt. Then I went into another store and I go like, oh, man, I really like that red shirt. I bought that same red shirt. And then I went into another store and I bought a red shirt. And it, what, what happened is, like a record, it gets scratched, yeah. and it doesn't remember that it's scratched. It's still playing the same old tune. And until you have somebody that kind of intervenes, and I went to this doctor who had been in Vietnam, had, had saw a lot of the post-PTSD, traumatic brain injuries, things like that, where they really didn't have 
the medical uh, help at that time. And uh, he was really working with a lot of people to try to help out. And so went through the different types of cognitive therapy and years of meeting with a counselor and, okay, you know, and trying. The the brain is an amazing thing. and yeah. It can carve new neuropathways, but you have to be able to put it, in a, yeah. put it in a setting where you can you have somebody – you know, basically cognitively manipulate that and, and, and forge those new, new neuropathways. Um, so where do, where do people go to support you? Obviously this weekend's about, you know, obviously you've got a bit of a challenge because you want to kind of kick butt, but sure, yeah. for you, you you've want to kind of create awareness around and raise some money around this yeah, experience yeah. you're doing. So yeah. where do you send people to? Yeah, well, they can go to, to scottrigsby.com, uh, and, they can, and they can click on my foundation if they want to read more about that. a donation button or something like that? Yeah, yeah. they can make donations there um, at scottrigsbyfoundation.org. Um, basically, I mean, the two reasons people have asked me, hey, why are you back? Two reasons is um, this year we've helped over 250 wow. uh of these families of wounded veterans because an amputation, post-traumatic stress syndrome, traumatic brain injury, it doesn't happen to an individual. It happens to a family. It happens to a city. It happens to a, co- to a county. It happens to a state. It happens to a country. And so what we want to do is we want to take, we take those families in and through some partnerships that we have with like a, a group called Camp Twin Lakes, Roosevelt Foundation, what we do is we uh, get volunteers to, to, to at this one facility, the Roosevelt's facility, and we bring them in, these uh, soldiers and their families, and we love on them. We give them date nights. We give them, uh, you know, the ch- not only just child care, but, but activities for the kids. Because sometimes, I mean, these wives, they, the soldiers, they just need to be able to have time with another lady that understands yeah. what they're going through. Yeah. The guys need to have that same kind of camaraderie and you know, under, they can talk and they're they're in the kind of that same stage uh, of recovery. And then also with the kids, the kids are like, well, you know, dad came back and he's different. I don't I don't know how to deal with that. And these kids can talk about their feelings. Um, just the value of a date night. I mean, sitting there and, and trying to rebuild that family, we want to be able to to have these uh, camps so that we just love on them and, and thank them for, you know, putting themselves in harm's way for our freedom. Well, it's like you're doing yeah. amazing work, mate. So he's yep. also got a book, and it's called Unthinkable, and you can get yep. it at scottrigsby.com. And or you can get it on Amazon, too. Amazon.com. And good luck this weekend, mate. We'll yeah, be yeah, cheering yeah, you on. Yeah, Kick some butt. Yeah, and yeah, uh, right. well, well, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Good, 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 good. Ben Greenfield, top friend of the show on uh, by the boat. He's looking sharp. How are you feeling, mate? I feel great now that I've had my coffee. You've, you've had your coffee, have you? A little salty, but... Yeah, there's the added salt that comes with when you swim out to the boat, isn't there? What's that? There is a bit of added salt when you swim out to the boat. There is, there is. So, uh, we were talking to you yesterday, mate. You've, you've gone for a bit of a different approach with your training for this Ironman. Yeah. It's your fourth time in Kona. So, what have you done differently this time? I, uh, I, I'm experimenting with a new training protocol where I don't train very much. And play tennis, you were saying. But lots of lots of power, explosive type of stuff, lots of tennis. Um, some of the CrossFit endurance stuff kind of perked up my ears, and I didn't really do that per se, but I've been trying out kind of a kind of a variation on that, a lot of like Olympic-style weightlifting and, and short sprints, explosive stuff, stuff like that. When you do this, you know, it's, it's kind of not the traditional path. Does it change the way you feel about the race? Like, how are you feeling about going into this weekend? I feel really scared about anything past five hours. Yeah. So I suppose, how do you approach it then? Um, you know, at, at that point, I'm just going to have to to trust my fitness. I've done a lot of Ironman events before, and uh, I think that there is a certain point where it becomes mind over muscle. Um, 
I just I just hope I have enough uh, slow twitch muscle capacity on board now to handle it. So um, I'm, oh. I'm looking for some candidates to do some uh, interviews during the race. You happy if I sh- we shove a microphone in you at about uh, mile mile 15 on the run? Absolutely, if I'm still alive. Mate, you'll be you'll be smashing it like you were on the tennis court, mate. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, that'd be nice to have my tennis racket out there with me. Who are you predicting for the race, mate? To take the win. Uh, pretty standard, Crowy and uh, and Chrissy. Everyone's saying it, man. It's copy and paste. <laughs> you speak right into Australia. I have. You have. It was written in the stars, apparently. Yeah, well, you have a good race, mate, and we'll be checking you out on the weekend. All right, thanks, guys. Cheers. Jumbo, we're hitting the battle zone. We're going to be heading down to the... Uh, we went into the merchandise tent, and because we're not doing Ironman, we didn't really buy anything. But if you're going to be doing the race, there's lots of nice product there. Nice stuff. Yeah. Nice pair of jandals. Could have got. Yeah, could have got some good jandals. But now we're going into the expo tent, and we're hitting the cycle area. What are you thinking as you're walking in here already, John? A lot of carbon, we've got a bit of zip going on, a bit of argon, a bit of Cervalo, a bit of profile, a bit of everything. Blue 70 over there, BMC. Yeah. It's all happening, John. So, we're going to go talk to a few of these people, tell us why their product is so amazing, why their product will make you go faster. Here we go, Cervalo's got all their athletes there, Blazers, Chalk, Mary Beth Alice, Joe Lorne, Caroline Stephen, <laughs> Frederick Van Laird. Bomb they've lurking. Oh, they've all been on the show. Here we go. So we're going to have a bit of a wander around, see what's happening here, see why they are so amazing. We've got Guy from uh, Blue 70 right here. How you going, mate? Oh, I'm pretty well, man. How are you Long doing? time no see. Yeah, I know. I've been about. <laughs> You've been about. So John John's playing some Smackdown talk because we've, he's trying to con you into doing the wetsuit challenge. Tell me, John, what are you thinking? Well, if he doesn't, you know, he's just, he's, it's a sign of weakness if he doesn't show. It's a big sign of weakness. Showing, showing true character. What's, what's your comeback? Uh, I have no combat, I'm pretty weak. Oh. No, no, I'm pretty sure I'm going to dominate uh, To be honest, if I was putting money on this race between us three, I wouldn't be putting it on me, I'd put it on Guy. John? You got you to put that money there. Put your money where your mouth is. Well, because I'm saying, you, how fast did you do a half recently? Uh, 3.57. John, could you do a 3.57 and a half right now? 3.45. You're full lies. How's it going for you guys over this weekend? Oh man, it's been really good. It's been busy. We've been busy here. We were selling a few more swimskins than I thought we would. So oh really? It's always why? positive. Why, why, you, why more than you thought? Well, I just thought, you know, it's a real chance most people come with most of the products. Oh, nice. However, they don't. It's, it's a total myth. They do not come prepared at all and we've sold a fair amount of swimskins. But in their defence, they're coming in, they've got their old product and some of them need to upgrade or something's happened. They're swimming in a competitor's product. He's going, oh, I might have insulted my customers here. I, I, need just, to. I was just thinking, I just insulted like every world age group <laughs> <laughs> champion coming in. Kona, I'm like, that's probably a bad choice, guy. <laughs> no, they're just trying to, they want the best. That's what they want. They come here, they want the best. Is it part of that people come here thinking they'll just swim without a wetsuit? Or, you know, you're not going to swim with a wetsuit here. And then they say, you know, this looks like a pretty good option. A lot of time people come in and they're like, oh, I'm just going to swim in my chai shorts. How much faster is uh, the Point Zero Three TX than my chai shorts? And then I show them, I do a little uh, pour the bottle on the, yeah, on the material. material. Yeah. And it is a lot faster. You're going to save a lot more time than in your chai suits. You'll lose probably for a decent 20 swimmer. minutes at least <laughs> <Yeah>. 25 minutes <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, probably uh, 2 seconds 100 for a decent swimmer and then uh, a little bit more for someone that's not so strong in the water why, why more for someone who's not so strong well they just benefit more from the, the longer time and the fabric and they're in the water for a longer time so they'll probably get 3 seconds 4 seconds it, it, honestly it depends on the swimmer some guys say oh if they, if they save like 6 seconds 100 yeah. whereas I'm like I save about a second and a half yeah. so it, 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 honestly, it varies in the ability, but it is a lot faster than just wearing your tri shorts or your two piece or a one piece tri suit. Yep. You're going to swim 
a, a fair fair amount quicker. It's, it might be the difference between making that front age group pack or being in the second pack or being stranded on your own. So no one wants that. What's been the highlight of uh, of the uh, convention or the exhibit area for you this week? I've been on the boat with you guys oh, on Wednesday. It was pretty much the nice, perfect. Nice. <laughs> See how quick? I didn't even have to think about that. See, I was like, mm. this boy is sharp. You should be like our backup. When, whenever away you're in. Yeah, okay. You've got I'll a new name. It's the, the knife. The knife. Name. It's the knife because you're so sharp. It's so sharp. There we go. We're going to be sharp tomorrow morning, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to be sharp, witty, good looking, oh, and mate. fast. The chicks are going to be chasing you, mate. Well, we'll see you tomorrow morning at the wetsuit challenge. Yep, I look forward to it. Sweet. Yeah. So we've got Mark from Profile. How are you going, mate? I'm doing well, thanks. What, what, why is it so important for Profile to be here this weekend, or this week? Oh, it's uh, it's pretty much a little bit of everything. We've got uh, athletes, we've got uh, media, we've got pros, we've got retail distributors, we've got everybody here. It's, it's funny, a lot of the energy goes on to athletes this week, and, you know, obviously it's their week, but behind the scenes, a lot of people are doing a lot of hard work. How, how are you guys finding, you know, it's long days, isn't it? It is long days. I mean, you're pretty much going from the morning, you know, when you get up to go down to the swim start you're talking to athletes down there you're you know talking to athletes out on the course or out training this week and then uh you know you're working the expo you're talking to you know media like yourself you're talking to some pros talking to agents and then uh there's always a couple dinners at night that you're doing some business uh after the expo's over so yeah it, uh, it doesn't stop it's full on are you outside all day uh pretty much yeah how do you handle that <laughs> drink a lot of water yeah man it's so hot here i've got, got scotty here how are you finding me outside all day it's pretty difficult. I'm addicted to caffeine, so it doesn't help me too much at all. So I'm going past all the uh, electrolyte booths and uh, stealing what I can. Have you got some pretty good hookups from other people, you know, from other booths? Uh, that's why we're walking around right now. Nice. That's yeah. just doing the networks. So, uh, <laughs> nice work. Well, did you check out Profile? And, uh, the, well, what did you want to say something, Scotty? Uh, yeah, just um, best of luck to everybody out there racing, and um, we'll, uh, we'll be cheering for you. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be having a quiet beer. Who's your key um, sponsored people? Uh, Miranda is one of them. Uh, uh, on the women's side, for sure, we've got the Commerce Bank team. As oh, well. okay, great. So those guys, and uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Oh, good luck. Yeah, thank you. Enjoy the rest of it. We've got a um, legendary Mark Allen next to us right now. Uh, what do you think about this weekend's race, mate? I think it's going to be a really good race on both sides. I think the men's race will be very competitive. Uh, Maca doesn't want to. I mean, uh, you know, Mac is out, so Crowey doesn't want to let the same dynamic happen that happened last year, where the guys got pretty far ahead on the bike. I think he's going to try and keep it closer and then use his run. But he's got to outrun Raylord. I think would be the toughest guy. And then for the women, I don't know. Uh, you know, Miranda Carefree was pretty impressive last year, and she has another year of experience behind her. I don't know what Chrissy Wellington's up to, if she's good to go or, you know, if she crashed a few weeks ago. But anyway, I think both men's and women's going to be a really good race. But the, um, this year seems to have been a big year as in, you know, if we look at the records, this year has been a big year as in a couple of big races speed-wise, and we've always talked about guys going under 240, and we know you did that with transition sub-240 in the run before. Do you think that we're going to get there this year with the, the, the kind of ability that's out there in the field? Well, there's, there's certainly guys who can run under 240. Mm. You know, it really depends on the day. You need a few guys pushing each other. It won't happen just because some guy wants to go fast. You know, there has to be that competition and a reason to go that fast. But there's, you know, Raylor can, can go under 240, I'm sure. Crowey can go under 240. Van Honacker, you know, he might be able to go under 240. I mean, there's three or four or five guys. 
are you keeping in shape inside yourself? I mean, we talked to you before and you uh, skipped up a bit of surfing, but uh, anything, any uh, triathlons on the horizon for you? <laughs> Not in this lifetime. <laughs> you know, I, I love surfing. I surf almost every day back home in Santa Cruz, California. I live two blocks from one of the main surf breaks there. So I, I go out almost every day and I run for conditioning and lift weights for conditioning. What about these uh, these conditions out there at the moment? We've been here since Tuesday and there's been a lot of swells. Is it, well, you've been here for arguably as many, as many times as a lot of people. Is it, have you seen it like this very often before? I've only seen it like this one other time. You know, it's definitely a good swell. I actually went out for a couple of days, you know, yeah, a couple yeah. mornings and surfed. It was great. But I, I think it's supposed to be calm by race day. And, and the bottom line is, you know, the it won't really affect the race because even though there is swell, it's not breaking on the athletes, so it, it's not a problem. You know, you come back here every year. What's it like coming back every year? Like, is it for you? You know, you you know, you've been the legend of the sport, and coming back every year is it? Is it, what's it like for you to be here? Well, I love coming back. You know, it's uh, like for Mark Allen Online. We have 32 athletes racing this year that we coach. So we had a big breakfast with them this morning. It was a blast just to see everybody and have them see each other. And then, uh, you know, I, I work with NBC on race day, so I have that that I'm doing. And it's just a place that I get to see people that I only see one time a year from all over the world. Yeah. It's really special that way. And, you know, Iron Man has a history. It's been around a few years now, and I feel like I was a part of that history. And continuing to be a part of the experience and I just I love to be around it you know there's something about when you have 2,000 people focused on the same thing giving 110% of their best effort that really creates a really unique energy I think and to do it here on the big island is what makes it extra special mm. oh, well thanks for your time mate oh. if you want to check out Mark go to markallenonline.com for coaching services and more yeah fit soul fit body we had, it's a great book that I wrote with Grant oh, Secunda yeah, yeah. he's, he's I've studied with him now over 20 years. He's the gentleman who really enabled me to win those six races. Yeah. As you know, you got to be fit, but you also got to be uh, able to keep your mind focused in the right way and really stay calm in the midst of the chaos. I mean, you've seen a lot of guys who have been in the lead, and then something happens, and they blow up mentally. You know, they can't hold it together. And it's very hard under the pressure of the race to, to keep that steadiness that you need and Grant really helped me to do that so our book Fit Soul Fit Body talks a lot about how you can do that yourself and you can get that on your website and also on Amazon and, and all places like that yeah Amazon's got it best great. place to get it all over yeah. the world great awesome mate thanks for your time all right. awesome thanks I've just learned about an important life lesson John well I'm two and zero for, uh, for doing free stuff you got none well yeah well no because I've said I had some of those but they are very good I, I do actually like the your mates so I'm pretty happy with them but the important life lesson I've learned is walk around with a microphone people want to give you free stuff there's actually a three in one because you got that. What are you eating right now? A bit of that uh, Aaron Baker's uh, music. It's nice. We sell out, don't we? <laughs> We're selling out big time. Fraud. We've got uh, Jane next to us here. Jane, give, give us your life story. That's a good part. Well, 13th year here. 13th year, is it? Yeah. Wow. So, um,. I suppose before people don't know who you are, what, what, what's your I'm role with them? I'm in New Zealand. 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 I'm in New
direct, or you can tell us. The, tell us. We'll make it up. We'll make it up. In terms of the growth of Ironman New Zealand, I mean, it's pretty staggering. Like, just in the last few years, has uh, been. Like, yeah, it was always like 12, 1300, and then like last year, was it? Just boom. Yeah, it was boom, and it was, it's not only just the numbers, but it's just the, the speed at which it's selling out. You know. Yeah. Gee, I never thought in the time that I was running the race that we would see. Why do you think that happened? Because like previous to that year, it wasn't selling out, and then just suddenly, really quickly. Yeah, well, look, I'd love to say it's, it was all about the race and how well we put it on, and I think that was definitely part of it, because you have to have a good alternative, but it really came down to the fact that Australia was sold out, and it's also more of supply and demand, and, you know, there was demand was greater than the supply for the Australians. They had to travel somewhere to do a race, and um, so it was cheap and close to come to New Zealand, and the environment's similar, and the way we put on our race is similar, so I think, but having said that, you know, if you don't put on a good race, if we were a shitty alternative, they yeah. might have chosen to go to the state somewhere. So but that's kind of, and then once a race sells out, like Port of Tarot and Half, once it sells out once, then it's got like momentum. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you had the race this year, it was fantastic. You're fundraising money for Christchurch, and uh, you've now sort of. So I know you're not personally involved with the trust, but maybe just for the people perhaps who donated, um, who are not from Christchurch, and the people in Christchurch, maybe tell us how that's gone and where it's at. Well, we, you know, we raised just under ninety thousand, eighty nine and a half thousand. So I thought that was just unbelievable for such a small number of people, really. Um, and and uh, you know, look, God, the the, the process to, to get that trust established and get things underway has been a lot slower than I'd hoped. But vendors were there, so there are two parts to what we're doing at the moment. It is to say to anyone who is living in the Canterbury region or an amateur tri- triathlete, um, if you have done the race at any point over the last twenty seven years then you have the opportunity to literally write the story, tell the story about how the impact and the effects of the earthquake have affected your ability to continue in the sport or maintain in the sport. And um, and then the, the directors of the trust or the trustees will view each of those and they're going to hand out some money based on um, different stories, which is cool. The second part to it was realising that there were a number of people in Christchurch who probably haven't been affected, but that might, we still wanted to touch them somehow through that money, which is how, why we created the Masterclass, which I think was going to be amazing. Um, and that's with uh, Cameron Brown taking a Saturday morning seminar. We've included um, all the champions that live in Christchurch few down there, yeah. so Aaron and Scott both agreed to come along, and um, and Karen and Scott Balance. Yep. Uh, Gina was going to come, but she's in pubs and all these days. Um, but four great champions alongside Cameron. So a couple of hours, um, they're just sorting through how the material will, what, how the actual morning will be run, and then finishes with with a run, you know, with Cameron, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, it's really, really great. Really appreciate that, Nero. Um, just one question, you know, with the point system, it seems like it's a good direction for the sport overall, and it seems like there's still some tweaking to do. But races like Ironman New Zealand do seem to have been hurt a little bit by the attraction to pros with the way it's working. How are you finding it's working for your race? Well, it's sort of, you know, I'm two minds about it, really. I mean, at first, when I saw the points, the allocation last year, I mean, I don't know if you know that we've got to 2,000 points yeah, we this know, year, yeah. so, so that, that's really yeah. good for us. Um, and at first, I thought, you know, I was concerned about it, but we really didn't notice it. And when you've got Marinda coming to race with us last year for 1,000 points, then yeah. you've got to say, well, really, was that affecting us that much? Yeah. And I think it's because 
we're so early, and I think it's going to really help now that we're 2,000 points and early, these guys want to get their points and know, are they racing early? They don't want to be in the position where they have to, you know, start finding out any later. So... So I don't know that it's really affected us as much as people thought that it might. Um, and I definitely think going to 2000, the day we announced 2000 points this year, we had four or five inquiries that day from pros. So I think going to that that sort of um, uh, that extra thousand has definitely made a difference. Which is important because New Zealand is an iconic historic race, really, isn't it? You know, it was kind of sad to go down to lower points. So it's nice to see that it come back up. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely great race. Oh, you keep up the good work. We love your work. There we go. So we, 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 we've got, um, it's a bit of an honour, mate. Because we've got we, a music, we music superstar. We think we're going to talk to triathletes and do the tri business, but we've got some singers here. So sing us some tunes, we'll see if people can recognise who it is. I'm always trying to steal my kisses from you. Nice. You don't know the song, do you? Yeah, you ben, ben Harper, how you going, mate? Oh, it's been fantastic. It's good, good seeing you guys. What's it like to be an Iron Man? Oh, it's, uh, it's amazing. You know, I bring my crew here, my band, and uh, you po- just do it all up. You're posse. Posse. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, in all seriousness, we actually have Ben Harper, but it's not this musician. It's Ben Harper from K-Swiss. How you going, mate? Oh, doing fantastic. Going is awesome, man. These really? Guys really? Are, absolutely. This place, is, this place is a place to be in triathlon right now. So, so it's interesting. We were talking about this over the last few days. You guys have invested a lot of money and time into triathlon over the last few years. You know, you weren't really much of a presence until about four or five years ago. And it seems you're like you've come on board in, in a big, big way. Why did you do that, and, and is it paying off? Oh, it's paying off boatloads. I mean, this is this is Kona. This is the spot where we want to, where everyone wants to be. You know, this is uh, we started out with um, some composites, shoe composites on the on the wall printouts. Yep. And it's just been every year. It's been getting bigger and bigger. And you know, we've invested so much time and you know money, obviously. Yeah. Um, and it's paying off. I mean, athletes are coming, wanting to come and see us, check out the new stuff possibly buy a pair of shoes another t-shirt it's been uh, it's been a blast why, why did you hit why do like you obviously consciously chose triathlons a good market why did you guys come to triathlon well we wanted to get in the running market and you can't just jump into a uh, marathon and you know and start doing your business because there's a lot of bigger brands that come out and do it so um we get into the money uh, running market through triathlon okay great so it's been fantastic what do you try your, your shoes do look a bit different so what's your sort of what do you try and make as your point of difference uh, well, I mean, you look at some of the big brands like Nike and Reebok. I mean, they have they have no interest in in this market. Yep. It's, uh, so we're able to kind of do stuff that a lot of these bigger brands aren't allowed to do, or yep. they won't do because it's such a small niche. a small niche. So yeah. it's uh, you know drainage in shoes. You know, we have a coating on the some of our race shoes that are hydro, hydrophobic, so they just bead right off. I mean, I mean, I remember when I was running when I was a kid. Drilling, drilling holes in my shoes. Yeah, you know, shouldn't drill and, holes in your shoes. No, not really, <laughs> not really. But what I, you know, if I'd known anything back then, you know, it'd, it'd be amazing. But uh, yeah, uh, um, one thing you guys do do really well is you you do design really nice clothes, don't you? Like the gear you guys create is, is you know, it's all high quality crap. What's out there? But you guys have, seem to get the design really right, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, we talk to our athletes all the time. Really, I mean, athletes are. I mean, the athletes are where we are now. If we didn't have the athletes, the great athletes that we have now. Our, our brand probably wouldn't be where it is. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's fun just listening to listening to suggestions that they have, and you know, and we've created the stuff that uh, that you see now. Yeah. I've got a suggestion for you. You could do a nice shoe 
moulded in the way like our business card with our features yeah. outside. He was, he was abusing us for our beautiful abu- business cards. Yeah, I, I designed those business cards, I hope you know. It's an amazing business card. I love it. I'm framing it in my office. I yeah, love that's, it. That's what we wanted. You know, I was like, Ben Harper's my favourite singer. I wanted to frame my business card in his Absolutely. office. Absolutely, you guys are very cute. <laughs> how, do you, how do you handle this week? Because this week is outside. You guys are, you know, you've got some tents, but realistically it's pretty hot outside and it's long days. How do you, how do you get through that yourself? Oh, you know, we go to Lulu's the night before and just ride the <laughs> ride the train. But in all seriousness, it's uh, you know, it's it's fun being here. It's fun interacting with these athletes because they enjoy the brand, they enjoy what we're bringing to the table, and uh, you know, it's Kona. I mean, we get to our paycheck is you know, we get to work in Kona. Predictions for the race. Uh, Andreas and Crow in the last five miles battling it out. Andreas is going to pull it out, and Chrissy's just going to do what Chrissy does. She's going to dominate, and if she hiccups, Brittany's right there. You know what I like about you? Is you didn't go sponsored athletes. Yeah. Yeah, most, most of those people go, well, in that case, I'm going with Bob. I sponsored Bob. We'll go with Bob. He's going to win it. But yeah. you've, you've, you kept it real. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, it real. it's going to be, uh, if it's a really hard bike, Lieto's going to do really well. Whether he, when he gets catches, catches on the run, it determines on how big the, the wind is. Can, can you sing any Ben Hub songs? I can't. Uh, I can't, which is unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, after a few beers and yeah. all my ties, that's a different story. Hey, I mean, we'll see you at the case for Spade. We need to hook up to the case for Spade. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. 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 We'll bring some cards for you. We'll be there. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. We'll get blow them up. Yeah, yeah exactly. Put them in the background. That's right. <laughs> It'll be a special area. Yeah. <laughs> right, mate. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right, John. So that's, uh, that's pretty much today's show. So I thought we could probably do a little bit of an update on what's happening around the race as a more general kind of, you know, WGC and all that kind of stuff. So what's happening with the W, not ICU? Not actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's a shocker. <laughs> I didn't actually put this in there because it's pretty shocking, but I got up and asked my second question and I asked it around the swimming change and did you know, I was kinda of talking about the change WTC had made, but I said I to you and then then I dropped the ball. I just went away. Crumbled, crumbled under the pressure, pressure didn't I? I'm a cracker, John, I'm a cracker. The one thing they are doing is, and then they launched this a couple of days ago, is they are upping their efforts on the anti doping sort of program and that's something that um yeah, the pros and us to a degree have been critical on the past saying you know you, you seem to be able to get away well not get away with it but their program was probably not as thorough as it could be and so they've launched a, a thing called I Am True and um, it, it, what is interesting is not only are they now testing the professional athletes they are testing the elite age group athletes yeah uh, which so, is great which is really really Cause I know, interesting I know some people I'm not going to name names or anything but I know people who have talked to me in the past about some people in their age group who they feel could have been using substances that were maybe a little illegal, and that's the thing. Even if they only do a small amount of testing, it's that fear factor. Yeah, totally. That, that should uh, that, that's going to that's going to work well. So they're doing that, which is great. So they're now in line with WADA, um, which is the World Anti-Doping Agency. So that's good. They're going to have the you know the required standards. And then I guess one other thing that, that they're doing, and some people may think this is a little bit cheesy, but they're going. They've got this new campaign called I Am True, and that's sort of a, an education program. And they're not really. I don't think they're really pitching that at the the pro or anything but they're trying to start this education process at a young age so they had a kids event on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday I think it was Wednesday Tuesday or Wednesday um, and they're really trying to push this at a young age so what I think what just, you, what's it about I haven't read them a piece on this well, what's it about they're, they're, I think it's really trying to take a stance that I'm oh John, John's phone there we go phone? my phone's ringing oh, oh, oh push pause um, the phone rang Belinda's rang and it's now half an hour later yes. and I was playing my iPhone game Yes. Yeah. You, you nearly clocked it. No, I did really well and I cracked again. It's been a cracking day for me. Cracking. You've turned into Crash, I've turned into Cracker. Crash and Cracker. There we go. There we go. Nice. <laughs> um, but as I was saying, the, the, the program they're, they're trying to introduce, I think, is really pitched at starting at a young age, educating them, saying, hey, drugs is not cool, it's not okay. And I oh, think so it's around 
drugs in sport. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So trying to educate them, saying it's not okay, and hopefully that that will sort of flow on. So when they come through to being athletes themselves, you know, there's a culture that drugs is not acceptable. So. Good stuff, you know. Better testing by the sounds of it, testing age groups, which is great. Really important, eh? and trying to educate. So, good, another step in the right direction. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see um, if that has a negative effect on our sport, as it will expose some people who may have been cheating, mm. especially in the age groupers, because age groupers under this this point in time. Like, I'm sure there are some age groupers out there who have cheated, you know, at some stage. So it'd be, it's good to see that there's kind of more thorough kind mm. of testing around that. Uh, what else we got to talk about, Jumbo? Oh, I can't remember where we were. That's the problem because yeah, this half an hour later trick. Highlights from the day. So we've talked about the undies. It must have been the food. The food was. It's a always a highlight of my day. Yeah, to be honest, we haven't really had much. Haven't food. eaten much today. No, no, no not, not a huge amount. Um, nicknames. Nicknames. Okay, so uh, like we were saying earlier on in the show, um, a big part of sorry, I'm just trying to sort out of here. A big part of what we are doing is is because people have got a serum. And I, as I was saying, if you go www.iamtalk.me on the front page, I've got a link to all the donators who have ever donated to the show and the nicknames we have created for them. And over the last few weeks, we've had a few more people donate to the show. And uh, now that we're in Kona, we want to get those people's names on that list. So, John, mm-hmm. who have we got? And do I need that list in front of me myself? I'll probably do, don't I? Yeah, why don't you do that? I'll, I'll do the first couple. Okay. Uh, Zach Attack Pullman. Nice. So Zach, first name? Yes, Zach, first name. Last name Attack. Pullman. No, f- your first, <laughs> Zach Attack Pullman. <laughs> because he, you, you and Zach, they used to always say, you and Zach, here comes Zach Attack. Oh, nice. So there's even a triathlon reference uh, in there. It is. Okay, do you want me to go one for one? Because I'm actually pretty much ready now. Yep. Okay, so then, oh, do you want to do just, okay. No, you need to do the ones you've made. Okay. William, Mr. Good Hunter. Okay, the, why is it The reasoning John? for this is, it was like Will Hunter. Ting, mm. good will hunting. Nice, Mister Good, Mister Good. Nice. Now, Anne, how do you say her last name, John? I'm going to go with Files. We met Anne today. We met her twice actually. I met her on the boat. We actually interviewed her yesterday. You heard the lady who had been done 25 Ironman, and she missed out by one second once. Yes, that's right. And mm-hmm. so, um, she was listening, mate. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I bet you haven't listened to you say show. No, just you're just in the moment with people you are. Yes. And and is going now. This is crazy, but she's going to be doing the Ironman World Championships in Kona. And a pair of thongs. Jandals. Jandals. Yes. It's Jandals, good. thongs, whatever, flip-flops, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. But she emailed us in quite some time ago saying that, and then, then I remembered when we saw her and I went... And then she showed us the thongs today, and, and, the jandals, whatever you want to call them. Like, they're not athletic jandals. They're not sort of like... Uh, your typical jandals. They're not, 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 not like your Vibrams and things like that, which no. aren't really jandals. So. so what was the justification for doing we this? We didn't quite get that far, but oh, she's doing it anyway. by it all, to be honest. Yes. Well, because she's going to be doing it in her thong... See, to us, thong means underwear, doesn't it? Mm, mm. Yeah, it's a bit confusing, isn't it? Okay, so we've called her Anne Long Thong. How do you say last name? I'm going to say Files. Long Thong Files. Sorry, sorry, Anne, if we got your surname right, wrong, but there it, you it go. works. It works well with us. And I did the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Dwan. Dave Dwan helps out John. Dwan. 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 You know me. I'm hopeless of names. <laughs> Dave Dwan. Dave Dwan is uh, helps out John with all his camps and stuff, and he's pretty helped JD Triathlon Series. You know, he works with John with a lot of triathlon in our local community. Really good guy. You've heard him on the show when we do the Epic Camp shows. We've interviewed him a couple of times over the years. But I've gone with Dave the Slave Dwan. Nice. Yes. Uh, Marion Herring is uh, a bit of a legend. He's training up for the. ITU World Long Distance Champs in, in uh, Vegas um, in November, I think it is. Oh, nice. And he's always referred to as Moose. That's his name, Moose. So I'm not going to give him his, his regular nickname. We're going to go for a, a little... He's going to be the Swan. 
the swan. swan. The swan. I like that. The swan. The yes. swan. Yes. Okay, then, well, then we also met. Now, Pete Hagen, we, we met him a couple of times today. We met him, first of all, when we were out by the boat and he ran out and swam along. And then when we were going along in our undies on the street, as you do when you're in Hawaii, mm-hmm. um, we met him and his wife and good old Shannon Hagen as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I actually realised afterwards that I've actually been talking to Shannon quite a lot on Facebook over the years. So I was mm-hmm. kind of, we were kind of Facebook friends and I didn't really pick up on that until later on when I saw the photo. I was like, oh, oh, but he had this really cool camera device, didn't he? On his head. Yeah, well. and you can kind of put it anywhere. And so we were doing the only run he did as well. And so his and so, and so John came up with the idea of coming with Cyclops. And I thought, well, back it up. Why don't we add the next layer? And we're going, John, I mean, was it Paul? Uh, Peter, sorry, Peter, Triclops. It's Hagen. Nice. Nice. Next one was a joint um, donation. It was a, a very outstanding donation Love from Matt Tench and B. Jolly. Uh, and they both did an Iron Man. I'm sorry, I know you sent it in where it was, but they recently they trained up, sort of went on the three year plan, did an Iron Man, both completed it. And uh, so both getting names. We've got Matt, the peaceful tri ninja Tench. Where does that come from, John? Well, I, I checked out his profile on, I think it was on Athlinks, and he had sort of three pictures. So I thought that's where we go to oh, try. Nice. And he's a, he's a triathlete. And he's sort of doing a little peaceful sign, but he looked like a bit of a ninja as well. Or maybe nice. he was from Singapore or something like that. A peaceful ninja? Yes. So that's where I came with that. It's a contradiction, isn't it? Well, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Okay, okay. I, I should know this. You and, did the next one, didn't you? And then uh, Queen B. Jolade. Nice, because nice, it's, it's, her name is B. Yeah, and Queen rhymes with B. Nice. B, Queen B, yep. Uh, Queen s- rhymes with B. Queen <laughs> 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 We're Sam, tired. Sam the Tomahawk Tompkins. Yes, that's gold, John. That was good. I like that. Mm. Um, you did the next one as well, didn't you? Raymond Panero, who's a regular contributor. Raymond uh, Grand, Grandmaster. He's a regular contributor, so I didn't put oh. that on the list. Grandmaster, uh, okay. Grandmaster. Sean Bonza. Yes, Bonsal. Bonsal. Bonza Bonsal. Yes. Good. Uh, Julia Jones. Now, we were thinking of Jones, and I was thinking of Jones, and I was thinking, okay, well, um, how about like Indiana Jones and like a okay, gate? What's the word I'm looking Archaeologist. for? Archaeologist. Archaeologist. And, and then I thought, archaeology, what? Egypt. Uh, Cleopatra. So we've gone with Julia Cleopatra Jones. Nice. Yes, love it. Des Atkinson. He, um, he often wears. <laughs> this isn't your best one. Mate. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's got a theme here. Oh. Um, he is, 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 is Tricondor. It's a. It's a I think it's either a brand of clothing or it's a bike or something. I remember he's always tri condor. Yep. Uh, and he came over to Poland as well. So it's, it's condor being a bird. We've gone for seagull. So nice. Des the seagull or seagull Des Atkinson. Okay. Uh, next one. Mark the missile Scudamore. Nice. Good work. Neil Davies. And I don't know why I thought of this, but oh, wait a second. No, you came up with something. You you went for like the Avenger or something like that, and then yes. you know, I put Avenger in and put clicked on my thesaurus, and then came up with this. And what is it? The Nemesis. Yes, I wouldn't mess with the Nemesis. Yes. Yes. Don't mess with the no. Nemesis. You did the next one. Uh, no, you did. Did I? Yeah, Coleman. Yep. Kickback Coleman. That's right, I did too. Kickback Coleman. Yeah, I did too. And I did the last one, Charles Nichols, and and I kind of thought Nickel, and I called Nicholas. No, no. So Charles Nickel, we'd already done one for. He's Charles All Black Nickel. Oh, because my one was pretty good. Well, you can give him a second one. If well, you, you could choose Charles because I thought, you can't handle the truth, Nichols. Because Charles, Jet Deck Nicholas, I know, yeah. I know, weak. That was a weak connection. So those are some of the people who have been helping get us to uh, Kona over the last few years, and it's re- and, you know it's really, really great. Again, if you want to donate to the show, you go to imtalk.me, there's a little donate now button. Um, you know, that's going to help us to get towards the next time and we we'll have to contemplate if we'll come back next year or if it'll be a two-year thing. But you know what? It happens because you guys get ahead to get us here. So thank you so much for all the donations from those people and anything else. Anything else we need to talk about, mate? Tomorrow we're going to do our picks for 33rd place. Should we do all our picks tomorrow? Well, let's do our picks for the race now. 
Oh, now get, let's do a bit of preparation. Let's do a bit of preparation, uh, shall okay. we? Okay. 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 There you go. Okay. How long is the show going to be? It's going to be pretty long. Tomorrow's going to be a bit weak. I think it's going to be over two hours. It's going to be two and a half today, I think. That's okay. my prediction. That's good. Oh, no, it's going to be more than two and a half. It's going to be three. Okay. Um, anything else? Uh, tomorrow, yeah, we'll do our 33rd picks. We'll do our, our overall picks. What interviews have we got tomorrow? Uh, so, tomorrow, we are t- going to catch up with Bree Wee. Now, she's yeah. not actually competing, but I wanted to get her on to get local. some local perspective and things. Uh, Bob Ebbett? Bob Babbitt in the morning. Um, all Trenzo well. Bazzoni. Uh, Trenzo Bazzoni. That's cutting into my bike time by arranging that, but I'm, I'm, here, Mate, for, I'm here for the team. I'm here for the, I'm here for the team. Creepers. Uh, and that's about it, really. We might just get a few more of those around and about. We've got well. the wetsuit challenge. Oh, the wetsuit challenge is on in the morning. With a, and Guy, as you would have heard in today's show, is going to be doing it as well. He'll pike out. He'll, you reckon he'll, he'll, pike, he'll out? pike out? No, Guy's not that kind of guy. Guy's the kind of guy who can deliver. Okay. He's that kind of guy. Yes. There we go. And so tomorrow is the day before the big race. Yeah, so over the next couple of days. So we've got that and then the race day. We're not sure. We're, we've talked to WTC and they're actually keen for us to release shows on the day. So, for example, after this one, we might release the show a couple of hours. So we're not sure if we'll do that or we may just leave it till after the show. We will say that we've had a few emails from people asking where's the best place to watch the coverage. And to be honest, while we'll, we'll kind of give our perspective on the race, probably post-race, um, Ironman Live on race day is mint quality work you know mm. they do on this race they over deliver man it's such a great day and, and I watched last year's race pretty much from start to finish on Ironman Live and they do a really great job so um, check out Ironman Live and if I'm not sure if, what the website is at ironmanlive.com I just go to Ironman and you'll get yeah, there. there'll be a link there uh, in terms of if people are over here wanting to know what we're going to be doing on race day um, we're still trying to get on out onto a boat during the swim leg um, regardless whether we get on that or whether we're on the land straight after that when they're coming out of the swim we'll be going out to Hot Corner um, to see them going up the Kuakini Highway yep. so when they start the race in Kona you do this little sort of loop out of town then you come back into town and you go up a, sort of an out and back up a road called the Kuakini Highway um, which is a very gentle climb you go to the top turn around come motoring down and then you hang a, a right onto um, Palani Hill um, which is it's a it's a Decent enough climb. Oh, yeah, um, so yeah. for the start of the ride, we'll be on Hot Corner, seeing them um, uh, going out, and then we'll go, once the, the main pros have been through, then we'll wander up the Palani Hill a little bit, and we'll be on the right side of the road, in a little bit of shade, hopefully, somewhere up around where the supermarket is, and uh, we'll just be watching the bike league from there. And we'll probably stay there to see a lot of the age groupers go through, and then from there, we'll, uh, during the bike league, we'll probably go and get, um, just go the, watch the live time. coverage, yep. maybe get the show up then. And then uh, for the run, we'll probably go down to, to towards Lava Java and watch the out and back down there. And once down, they, get, once they turn around to go out to the Energy Lab, we'll jump on our bikes and be on our bikes, probably yeah. following the leaders. So Yeah, so it's going to be a good day. And then after that, we'll be following some age groupers coming, we'll, and we'll probably be in. Once the, kind of the top pros come in, we tend to go in the, the area that all the athletes hang out with after after the race. We just go in for interviews. So if you see us coming in, come up and get an interview, and we'll kind of talk about and the day. What I'm really keen to do is when you guys, if anybody's out on the course, we'll have our I Am Talk bike jerseys on. Um, if you want to say something to us when we're out on the course, we'll have, we've got these little mobile mics, and uh, be great for us to run along next year and sort of get a real feel for what is actually going on right in the moment not post race right in the moment how awesome. are you feeling right now as you are dying mm. basically um, highlights for you today mate highlights for me today were 
that was interesting talking to Scott Rigsby. Quite quite enjoyed that. For just listening to the advancements they're getting in in terms of uh, the the prosthetics. It was really cool. Mm. It's good to to wander around the uh, expo. A little boring until we we started. Then we started. We we built into it. We found our energy. We found our mojo, didn't we? Yeah, we started out very weak, going yeah. through the bike section. Mm, then, we, we, then we started going through. The, 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 we started getting free stuff, and the excitement started building. And by the time we got to the K Swiss area, we, we, we were doing all right. It's interesting when you look at the bikes, and I'm not sponsored by bikes, so I can kind of say what I want, but although I need a new bike, so someone wants to hook me up with a bike frame, I'd love to hear a from you guys, but um, the design is pretty much the same, pretty much across all bikes, you know, and I think that's what I like about what Specialized is doing right now, is they're actually being innovative. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know much about, what's the bike called, the Shrim, or the... Uh, I think it's the next, the Shrim was what it was called. No, I think yeah. it's the next Shrim. Yeah, yeah Shrim yeah, too. It's the latest, whatever, whatever it is, but... Yeah. but They've gone to the, back to the drawing board and they've gone, you know what, let's, let's innovate and do something completely different. And it, when you walk around the bike areas, pretty much all the brands, are, if you take the stickers off, they're pretty much the same design. So it's nice to see Specialized actually doing something different out there. Now, I'm not a bike expert. It's purely based on look, so you know, don't listen to a word I say. But, but it was kind of cool to see some a company actually innovating. So that was kind of cool. For me, the highlights today, like it's, 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 it's cool. I actually love seeing Pete, Peter O'Donnell. Peter O'Donnell is a... Pete O'Brien. Pete O'Brien, sorry, sorry, Pete O'Donnell. Uh, Pete O'Brien is, is a good Canary boy, and he's been doing triathlon for years, and over the years he's actually missed out on a few close calls to qualifying for Hawaii, and mm-hmm. he managed to qualify this year, and he just got married a couple of weeks ago, and so they're kind of having the race and then a honeymoon, but he just, he was just he's just lapping it up, you know what I mean? He was mm-hmm. there at the Andy Run, and him and his partner were there, and you talk to him, and he's just he's just really loving it, and I think... That's what Kona is about, you know. It's it's a week of sure you got the race at the end of the week, but it's a week of absorbing, absorbing these amazing experiences and, and these kind of iconic things. The Undy Runner, you know, like how many people have been running there today? Thousands, thousands of people, thousands. I, I would have thought maybe probably, maybe a thousand. Yeah, yeah, probably yeah. a thousand, over a thousand. Mm. Um, you know, and and it's just every day there's kind of something to go to tonight. They've got the um, the carbo loading party, and so it, it is. It's such a not just the race; it's an event for a week, and uh, it's nice to see people coming along and just getting so much from that. And you talk to people who are racing, and they're absorbing that as much as possible. But also the supporters out there, they really are just lapping up and what the, this means. The difference is, I think, with this race, yes, yeah, the world champs, um, but everybody's here for a week, basically, yeah. more, almost everybody. Body, and you, you very very centralised is basically all about Ironman this this town for a whole week, and you, you really get a feeling from a lot of people, and I think we've said this before, is this is the culmination of a lot of work, and so whilst a lot of people are here to kick some butt and finish as high up in their age group as they possibly can um, and they're taking it extremely seriously there's equally as many people who are out there just to have a good time and they, yes they want to go fast but they're going, hey man I've, I've worked for five years, ten years, twenty years, just to get this opportunity to be here, I'm going to have a bit of fun out there and yeah. uh, and go, go hard. But I'm here for the experience. Um, whereas at other races, they might be stressed a little more and, and worrying about qualifying. So uh, and, it's a good and vibe. The other highlight for me is just meeting the listeners. You know, we've met so many. Like it's amazing how many people know us. So it's mm-hmm. kind of a little bit odd, but um, it's, you know, we met so many people today, and it's just really cool when you guys come up and say hello and, and you know the positive stuff about the show. So we we love seeing you guys here. So and hopefully for those people who are at work right now listening overseas, hopefully one day in the future you'll get to meet us in Kona as well so um, thanks again to everybody thanks again quickly our sponsors uh, we have got Audio Technica Audio Technica best audio gear in the world if you're in a business and you need some audio gear just go to Audio Technica 
Endurance Sport Travel. Um, if you're looking to do a race and you want someone to look after you and make it easy, it's the best way to go. Especially if the race races are sold out. They've got special deals. Mm, yeah. Uh, we have um, O2 Creations. Seriously, they've got some really cool gear and we're, we're trying to hook up some T-shirts. And Lava Java. And Very just come nice to Hawaii food. just to get a feed. <laughs> Blind was asking me just before, well, what's uh, the food like at Lava Java? I said it is just... Good, wholesome, healthy yeah, triathlete I can, food. I can back and it that, up. That is that. a bit, um, sometimes a bit of a challenge to find in, uh, when, you're place, when you're traveling. Yeah. So it's good stuff. And then our regular sponsors are? Coffeesofwai.com. They've got big presents here and everyone seems to be like, oh, that coffee out by the ball. Oh, That's yeah. so good coffee. Athlinks.com. Athlinks.com. And uh, go on there again, put your results on there, tell everyone how great. Just put it on there, you were in Kona. Oh, your mates are going to be jealous. And extreme endurance. And uh, when you get to Kona, you'll be glad you used it. That's, just, just why you get there, job. Just like Yvonne today. Just like, oh, did we? Yeah, we talked to Yvonne today, didn't we? We did. Yeah, see, so yes. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay, so, so we'll see you guys tomorrow. Same bit time, same bit channel. I'm Russ. I'm in, don't. Train hard. Oh, I'm in, don't. I said, I'm in, don't. Oh, no, that's what I meant to say, isn't it? Yeah, get, oh, I'm get tired. Listen to you. I'm Russ. I'm in, don't. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. Our wrap up was half an hour.